AM, Baltimore is Talk Radio 680 AM and 99.9 FM in Hartford County. Baltimore is listening. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. A new inflation report is out this morning. Consumer prices edged up in December, up 0.3%, fueled by the cost of food and housing. The presidential primary season kicks off in Iowa in four days, and there are some new campaign developments. First, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is bowing out of the race. I am going to make sure that in no way do I enable Donald Trump to ever be president of the United States again. And that's more important than my own personal ambition. Christie was overheard saying that Nikki Haley doesn't have a chance against frontrunner Donald Trump. The former president responded to that during a Fox News town hall. He had a hot mic where he was talking to somebody about uh, the weather and he happened to say that she doesn't have what it takes. She'll be creamed in the in the election. And I mean, I know her very well and I happen to believe that Chris Christie is right. The town hall took place at the same time as the Ron DeSantis-Nikki Haley debate in Des Moines. A Democratic congressman is calling for Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to resign after keeping his cancer diagnosis and surgery from the White House. Chris DeLuzio of Pennsylvania sits on the House Armed Services Committee. He wrote on social media he has lost trust in Austin's leadership due to the lack of transparency. Plenty of winter weather going around this week. The Northeast cleaning up after drenching rains and flooding and fierce winds. This New Jersey apartment building owner says the government does nothing about repeated flooding. I've owned this building for 40 years. I've been trying to get the, the county, the state, anyone to come and dredge the river, do something to alleviate this problem, and it nothing gets done. I'm told it's hopeless. Blizzards have hit the Midwest and Northwest, bone-chilling cold on the way. More at townhall.com. Thank the pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. Two seconds left on the clock, third field goal range, and it looks like he's going to go with a five iron. No, wait. The quarterback is skating back on the ice. He's talking with his caddy. They're pulling the goalie. He skates off the fairway as the kicker lines off his putt. It's a breakaway. They bundle their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Touchdown savings, Bernie Yule. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states or situations. Good morning. It's 9.03. I'm Maggie Hunter with the latest headlines from the WCBM Maryland News Center. In an effort to tackle the staff shortage among city EMS workers, the Baltimore Board of Estimate has approved an incentive plan to recruit more workers. The city spending panel yesterday approved recruitment and retention bonuses of $7,500 per employee. The bonuses are expected to cost the city $2.2 million. Police are investigating a shooting in 
northwest Baltimore that sent a 24-year-old man to the hospital. The shooting occurred last night on Gwynn's Falls Parkway. Police received a shot spotter alert from the scene and later found the victim had walked to a local hospital. He was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. And TSA officers were busy at BWI Marshall Airport in 2023. New data released yesterday reveals that 35 guns were seized at checkpoints last year. That number is an 18% increase from the year before. A look at sports and the exclusive WCBM Weather Channel forecast next. Do you want to experience one of the world's biggest, boldest ships and cruise the tropics with me, Bruce Elliott? This October 27th, 2024, you can get on board and travel the best overall cruise ship, Symphony of the Seas. Join me for a WCBM Radio Week of Adventures on deck with world-class entertainment, including Broadway's favorite hairspray. Enjoy pool day bliss under the sun, gourmet dining from Italy to Wonderland, and of course, a cocktail party on board and drinks here on me. Memories will be made on the shore of Nassau, the space coast of Port Canaveral, and Royal Caribbean's private island, Coco Cay. Come join Royal Caribbean and BTS Cruise and Tour on Symphony of the Seas for seven wonderful nights and glorious days in the warm sun. Call 410-825-9887 for questions or reservations. That's 410-825-9887. All aboard! Features may vary by ship. All itineraries are subject to change without notice. Ships Registry, The Bahamas. The Ravens' Lamar Jackson, Kyle Hamilton, and Roquan Smith have been named first-team All-Pro for the current season. Along with the All-Pro honor, Jackson is considered a favorite for the MVP award. And the Baltimore Blast head north to play the Harrisburg Heat this Saturday at 1. And now here's the exclusive WCBM Weather Channel forecast. Cooler weather on the way for the weekend, but today another sunny, mild day, 52. Tomorrow we've got rain in the afternoon, 49. Saturday's sunny, windy, but it's also colder. Temperatures falling to near 40 Saturday afternoon. I'm meteorologist Terry Smith from the Weather Channel for Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Currently it's 37 in Westminster, 35 in Kingsville, and 34 in Bel Air. I'm Maggie Hunter, 680 WCBM News. The WCBM studios are sponsored by BetMGM, the convenience of betting without waiting in line. Go to WCBM.com or the WCBM app on your cell phone and register today. It's time to listen to you, the listeners. Go to WCBM.com and vote in WCBM's latest poll. It's fun, fast, and lets us know that you want more from WCBM.com. Baltimore is listening. King Classic Live starts now on Talk Radio 680, WCBM, and 99.9 FM in Harford County. Well, good morning. This is actually, in fact, not Kim Klasik. This is Europe C. Morgan. You may have heard me before um, on other waves, airwaves here in the Baltimore region. Um, but I am filling in for Kim Klasik today. And we have so much to cover. It's been a couple of years since I was on air. So um, although uh, my husband will tell you, I have not stopped talking, <laughs> even at home. Um, and so I'm really excited about this opportunity to stick with you for the next three hours. Um, and we've got a lot of stuff to cover, including what's going on with uh, President Trump's legal issues. We're going to talk about the legislative session, which just started yesterday. Everybody, hold on to your hats and your wallets. Um, But first, I want to start with something that has been really irritating me for the last, um, I'd say last two or three times I went to the grocery store. I live in Anne Arundel County. Um, and I typically do all the grocery shopping at home. And so I'm sure you know where I'm headed with this. But I've got a real bone to pick 
with Anne Arundel County over this so-called plastic bag ban. If you had been at the Safeway um, off of Ritchie Highway a couple of days ago, you might have seen somebody rushing out of the store with a bunch of stuff in their arms, looking like they were about to rob the place or had just robbed the place. Well, guess what? That was me. And I didn't rob the place, although I looked like it because my hands were full of all kinds of boxes and cans and things like that. Um, I had forgotten about the new plastic bag ban that recently went into effect, and so I forgot to bring a bag. One of those reusable bags. So here I am walking out of the store in the rain with, I didn't want a paper bag. Um, for another reason, by the way, this is, this is the other thing about the so-called plastic bag ban in, in Rundle County. It's not really a ban. Apparently, they're trying to use it to encourage people to bring their own reusable bags. And so instead, what they're doing is that grocery stores are handing out paper bags. They still have to pay for them. They're still 10 cents, but they're giving you paper bags. Well, it was raining that day. So when the very nice um, cashier asked if I wanted a paper bag, I was like, no, <laughs> it's raining. I don't want a paper bag. I want a plastic bag um, for a number of reasons. I'll get into that uh, as well. But here's what really, really bothers me about it. It isn't so much the inconvenience because we're adults. I'm an adult. You're presumably an adult, right? We can make changes, and whether it's a plastic bag or a paper bag or a reusable bag, I, I can work with a number of different utensils, right? It's not that. It's the lack of awareness, I think, from the legislators. It's the lack of data, and it's the idea that they think they're doing something great for the environment, and in reality, they're not. It's like virtue signaling, but you're virtue signaling to everybody, and you're making everybody else virtue signaling. And at the end of the day, we are not, in fact, helping our environment. So as I said, I live in Anne Arundel County. Um, I live actually pretty close to the Magathy River. Um, and, and my kids, you know, my kids, well, when it's... When, when the uh, test results come back and they say they're, they're constantly testing the Magathy River and when they say that it's uh, not so bad, you know, my kids were smaller, um, they would play in the in the river. And, uh, you know, so what I'm saying is these it is very, very important to be environmentally conscious and be aware. You know, I grew up in the era of the reduce, reuse and recycle mentality. Um, I watched Captain Planet and all that. I've had solar panels on my roof for almost a decade now. I am not a, you know, I, I do believe that we should um, take care of our environment and that we should be responsible with what we've been given. This plastic bag ban does not do that. So the Baltimore banner actually had this um, article a couple of days ago in which they interviewed the sponsor of the legislation in Anne Arundel County, which took away plastic bags for the most part. Um, it was introduced by Councilwoman Lisa Rodvian. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just want to say, after I read this article, I had better not ever hear the term evidence-based come out of any Democrat politician in Anne Arundel County ever again. So that article, the Baltimore Banner article, um, which interviewed Councilwoman Lisa Rodvian, as I said, she's the one that authored this plastic bag ban, um, asked her about the exceptions and what they really what they were really trying to do here. Because that's the other thing. Uh, the ban does not apply to Annapolis, and it doesn't apply to schools. See, originally it was supposed to apply to schools as well, but then the school said, hey, we have to send a lot of um, food home, a lot of lunches and, and meals and things like that home to a lot of students. They go in plastic bags. And so it would be 
cost prohibitive, right? This is schools were already trying to do something good. And now it would be too expensive for us to do this. And so the schools got exempt. Okay, fine. Um, but the real issue for me is that here we are upending how we transport our goods from one place to another, whether it's a grocery store or a liquor store or whatever it is. And we're doing this right because there is evidence that this helps, correct? No, no, that's what re- that's what kills me about this. There is no evidence to show that this is actually beneficial to the environment. As a matter of fact, Councilwoman Lisa Rodvian said this to the Baltimore Banner. So I don't have data. Let me read that again. I don't have data. I think we might actually have, I think we might have data eventually. I'm just comparing different jurisdictions, how their bag bans change things, how grocery stores with different practices impacted the number of bags used. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> you are going to, so, so let me get this straight. Councilwoman Rodvian introduced this legislation. She authored this legislation to remove plastic bags in Anne Arundel County based on a whim You just thought about it. You thought it might be a good idea. It sounded like a plan. Hey, everybody else is doing it. And so you decided, well, if everybody else is going to jump off a bridge, I guess Anne Arundel County is going to do it too, huh? That is the most, you know, if my nine-year-old came to me and said that, we would have a serious talking to. Like, like, sit down, sit on the couch. We got to talk about life because you clearly don't know how to differentiate a good idea from a bad idea. And there's apparently no evidence that this is actually going to help the environment. Please find another job. If you are, if, if this is how you make decisions, please find something else to do that isn't going to impact businesses and people and community members and the environment. Because that's what this is all about, right? We were supposed to be helping the environment. And look, I'm over here with my solar panels thinking right on, like, if, if we're going to try to help the environment, let's do it. But this doesn't help. And not only does it not help, we don't have evidence that it ever will help. So here's the thing. that Arundel County is not the first county. It's not the first jurisdiction in Baltimore, I mean, in Maryland, or even in the country to institute a plastic bag ban. And so we do have evidence Councilwoman Robian about the effect of these bans, but it's not evidence that either the council decided to investigate or to take into account when they made this terrible decision. Um, and I think maybe it's either because of willful ignorance or the fact that the evidence is actually in the opposite direction. So like I said, you can't accuse me of being, you know, some anti-energy activist or whatever, any, anything like that. No, I, I actually do believe that we should be responsible um, with our environment, and that we should take measures to protect what we have. But this doesn't do it. So first of all, there's the issue of the paperbacks. As I said, this isn't really a ban. doesn't apply to Annapolis. Um, schools are not affected. Uh, grocery stores can still use them for certain things like produce. Um, so it, it's not like you're actually getting rid of plastic in general. You're just making it very inconvenient in where you are allowing people and how you're allowing people to use plastic bags, right? But in the meantime, they are giving you paper bags. You can pay 10 cents for them. And do I really care about the 10 cents? No, I mean, I'll pay 10 cents if I have to. Um, But the issue is, I thought you said we were trying to help the environment. So what's the deal with the paper bags? Well, one, paper bags are less reusable than plastic bags. I know, have you ever tried to put a paper bag in in your wastebasket in your bathroom? Good luck. It's not very reusable. Most of them do end up in recycling bin. 
Not only that, but did you know that a paper bag requires four times as much energy is a plastic bag just to produce it, plus the chemicals and the fertilizers that are used to produce it, which are actually harmful to the environment. So let me just back up a second. You got rid of the plastic bags because you want to help the environment, but you replaced them with paper bags that require four times as much energy to create than just a paper, than just a plastic bag. And then on top of that, there are chemicals and fertilizers used to just produce the paper bag, which are even more harmful to the environment. On top of that... Studies have shown that for a paper bag to neutralize its environmental impact compared to plastic, it would have to be used anywhere from 3 to 43 times. When have you ever used a paper bag 43 times? When have you ever even used it three times? And again, this I'm, I'm looking at the Anne Arundel County Council right now. What on God's green earth were you thinking? If you're telling me that you're goal was to reduce the environmental impact and so you replace it with something that actually increases dramatically the environmental impact and i'm just getting started so here's the other thing um a couple of summers ago my kids uh probably like a lot of your kids as well i have two girls um they are nine and one's about to be seven um, a couple of summers ago they did what i'm sure a lot of your kids have done or maybe you even yourself summertime it was hot they wanted to make some money um and my husband and i actually had an interesting conversation with our girls because they were trying to figure out like well we want to make some money i was like well great you gotta sell something or make something right so what they do they put up a little lemonade stand side note i told them i was like it's actually really hard to make money so you, you better make some good lemonade you're gonna be standing out there in the heat these kids made 64 dollars in the span of like two hours that is a, another story for another time but let me tell you what happened. So they go out there, they put up their little stand, they have their lemonade, and they make money, right? What neighbors are walking by. Somebody gave them a $20 bill, so I had to give them a little bit of a reality check. That is not what happens all the time, okay? But anyways, the point is they came back two hours later with $64 off their little lemonade stand. And I said to them, I was like, look, I want you to understand something. First, people don't just give you 20 bucks for a dollar lemonade, but in this case they did because our neighbors are very nice. But that's not reality. Also, you did not have to buy any of your materials. So the table that you used to play, make your little lemonade stand, that's mine. I bought that. I bought that and you didn't have to rent it from me. So therefore you get to make pure profit. Now imagine saying this too. They must have been like five and seven at the time. So having this conversation with little kids, they were looking at me like, what? But you and I understand what it means. What I'm getting at is that they got to make $64 of pure profit. They didn't have to factor in the cost of sugar because they got it out of my pantry. They didn't have to factor in the cost of the table or the tablecloth that they used for their table stand outside, right? Because they just took them out of my garage. They didn't have to factor in any of the cost. All they had to do was pocket the $64 divided in half and they made pure profit. It was a great day. What are you talking about? How hard is that? Well, you and I are adults, so we can hear that story, right, and say, oh, those kids were so cute. They made money, you know? Well, you know when it's not cute? When you have elected officials who think like five- and seven-year-olds. And that's exactly what's happening with this plastic bag ban. You know, I just kind of laid out for you some of the issues with the paper bags, right? What they are just looking, they're looking at it like my kids did when they made money in a lemonade stand. Oh, well, we got rid of plastic. Therefore, 
ta-da, we've done something great. Do not pat yourself on the back. Go back to school because here's the reality of what you're not including, what you're not factoring into your calculation here in Rondo County Council is the fact that you are not including the environmental cost to produce paper bags, to to get rid of paper bags, right? And then the overall impact that it's having. So if the point of any of these bans is to help the environment, right? Then you are failing miserably because you're making the same mistake that a seven-year-old makes when they fail to factor in the cost of putting up a lemonade stand because you have failed to factor in the environmental impact of what you are replacing plastic bags with. That's what really irks me about this entire situation, about this plastic bag ban. It's that not only are you patting yourself on the back, but you're patting yourself on the back as you make it worse for the environment. I'm sorry, am I supposed to applaud you for that? Because I'm not. I expect our legislators to not only introduce great legislation or even good legislation. At this point, I would take decent legislation. But I expect you to think through the cost and the benefit and the overall impact of what it is that you are trying to make everybody else do. If you don't do that, then please go find another job. And notice that I've only been talking about paper bags. I haven't even told you about reusable bags. I haven't even told you. That's what they're really trying to do. The whole point of this is to get you to stop using plastic bags and instead to start carrying those, you know, reusable paper, reusable um, bags that some of them are like the really thick plastic. Some of them are cotton. Some of them are even organic cotton if you're into that kind of thing but I haven't even told you the overall impact of what those monstrosities do for the environment. But I will tell you that coming up next. But before that, I just want to tell you, this this article that was in the Baltimore Banner, go look at it yourself. I don't have data. That's what Councilwoman Lisa Rodvian said. I think we might eventually have data. I'm just comparing different jurisdictions, how their bag bans change things, how grocery stores with different practices impacted the number of bags used. That is a direct quote in the Baltimore banner from Councilwoman Lisa Ravian, who decided that this was a great idea. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you why those reusable bags are even a worse idea. The start of the new year brings possibilities, yet too often this enthusiasm is met with pain in our feet, knees, and back. Does that sound like you? Then it's time to check out the Good Feet store. Good Feet Art Supports are FSA, HSA eligible. Come into the Good Feet store for your free fitting and test walk. Maryland Elite Firearms in Finksburg is family owned and operated for over 30 years. You'll always receive friendly and courteous service at Maryland Elite. They stock all your favorite manufacturers and have a large selection of firearms, ammo, and accessories. Great prices at MarylandEliteFirearms.com. Shop local. Looking to sell your home? Want to get top dollar? Hi, this is Vinny Steo with Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. Get multiple cash offers in minutes. Go to VinnySteo.com, type in your address, and start packing. Visit VinnySteo.com. That's VinnySteo.com. Providing health care to people who need it most. That's the simple but powerful purpose behind Doctors Without Borders. We treat wounded people in war zones, care for malnourished children, and provide safe reproductive health care. We're on the ground in emergencies, from Ukraine to Afghanistan. We put patients first. 
and we go where we're needed most. Because at Doctors Without Borders, we believe people deserve to be treated with compassion and dignity. We treat our patients completely free of charge and without regard to race, religion, or politics. Doctors Without Borders has provided free, life-saving medical care for over 50 years. And thanks to the 6 million people around the world who support our work, Doctors Without Borders will continue to put our patients first. The Rob Carson Show. A plaintiff attempted to argue that they suffered emotional injury as a result of the breach of the U.S. campaign. <laughs> so one person watching news coverage experienced emotional injury and decides to take Donald Trump off of the ballot while watching the events unfold on television, on the radio, and in various publications. <laughs> and filed the lawsuit to take him off the ballot for everybody because of their emotional distress. The Rob Carson Show, weekdays, noon to 3, on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Oh, Anne Arundel County, what are you doing with this faux plastic bag ban? Instead, we're using paper bags and now you want people to use these reusable bags, but what impact is it really going to have on the environment? Well, it will have a significant impact. It's just the other way around. Um, let's take a call real fast. Let's talk with Mike in Parkton. Mike, you're on air. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Europe. Uh, while it may be infuriating hearing some of your topics, it is always enjoyable and informative to hear you on the radio. So, uh, Thank you. Um, hey, speaking of data, it makes me wonder, we live in northern Baltimore County. We're just uh, a few miles south of the Maryland-Pennsylvania line. And we normally used to do about at least around 75% of our shopping in Shrewsbury, and the rest was down in Hunt Valley, Timonium area. Since this bag ban has gone into effect, we conscientiously shop now almost completely up in Pennsylvania for the convenience of not having to bring bags. Um, both for our grocery shopping, but also I'm a home improvement contractor. So um, I know, especially if I'm going to be buying something you know, like little parts and so forth, I will go to the new Freedom Home Depot rather than the Cockeysville Home Depot because otherwise I have to buy a bag or bring my own, which I'm not going to be doing. And the bags they have are the paper bags, which I, you know, I basically look at them and they tear. Mm. Um, but when you look at uh, grocery stores and so forth, their profit margins are very lean. You know, they, there's not a lot of uh, you know, fat in there for them to lose. And so it makes me wonder if, and it would be hard to track, but if there are other people who are living uh, close to Pennsylvania or counties where the county next to them does permit you to get bags without having to pay for them, if people are changing their shopping habits, out of convenience, because we also use the plastic bags at home for trash can liners, all sorts of stuff. So it wasn't like we were just buying the food, you know, picking up groceries, and then just throwing the bags away. We reuse them. You know, I think you're right about that. Mike, thank you so much for the call, and thank you for listening. Um, you're absolutely right about that. So to, to bring up another point, um, and thank you so much for the call, Mike. So here's the, here's the interesting thing, uh, 
Councilwoman Lisa Rodvian, who was interviewed by the Baltimore Banner about this plastic bag ban, said, yeah, we don't really have any data, but maybe we'll find some. Well, you could have looked in other states or in other jurisdictions that have instituted these plastic bag bans and seen and, and seen what they had done. So in California, for example, there was a study that was conducted several years ago um, about the effect of plastic bag bans. And they did find that overall, the use of grocery store plastic bag bans went down dramatically. Well, duh, because you got rid of them and you didn't let anybody bring them. So, yes, they would reduce the use of them. You know what increased dramatically, though, was the sale of 13-gallon plastic bags, the sale of smaller plastic bags, you know, like the kinds that you would put in your wastebasket in the um, in your in your bathrooms. And the sale of those little plastic bags that you would use to pick up after your dog. Now, I have a, I have a German Shepherd. She's a big old dog. And I use those plastic bags to pick up after my dog, right? Because we're good dog owners. You go and take a dog for a walk. You use plastic bags to clean up after them. Um, in that California study, they said, oh, okay. So on the one hand, you did reduce the use of plastic bags in grocery stores. Congratulations, pat yourself on the back. On the other hand, though, you dramatically increased the production, sale, and use of plastic bags in other cases, right? Because now people weren't getting them from the grocery store. They were buying them from other locations and still using them. So Again, if if I was explaining this to my seven-year-old when she was looking at her profit margin, when she did her lemonade stand, hey, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Mom. What's the big deal? I made $64. Like, well, yes, because you were just looking at pure profit. You didn't have to factor in the cost of sugar, the cost of materials. Hey, by the way, where'd you get all those little red Solo cups that you used to sell your lemonade with? Right, again, Mom's pantry. You didn't have to factor those things in. I would expect that kind of thinking from a seven-year-old. I expect a lot better from a councilwoman, from a county council. And I'm not going to apologize for expecting the council to actually think through these issues and figure out whether or not you are making a positive dent in our environmental impact or whether or not you're just patting yourself on the back. Because, I don't know, maybe somebody hasn't told you that you've done a great job lately. But in this case, if it was all about what you needed to hear, I think at this point you've gone in the opposite direction. So to Mike and Parkton. I think you're absolutely right about there should be some kind of interesting study about, you know, how many people go out of their way to um, avoid the plastic bag bans. But Mike brought up something else interesting as well, and that's the use of those um, reusable bags, right? We're going to talk about that coming up next because you might be shocked to know a little bit more about how those affect the environment. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. Higher rents and food prices boosted overall inflation in December, a sign that the Fed's drive to slow inflation to its 2% target will likely remain a bumpy one. Overall prices rose 0.3% from November and more than 3% from 12 months earlier. Authorities in New York have responded to a bomb threat at the home of the judge overseeing Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial. They found no bomb. The trial's closing arguments are to proceed normally this morning. Alaska Airlines is canceling all flights on Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes until Saturday. It's awaiting new instructions on how to inspect and fix the planes. 
Federal officials grounded the MAX 9s after a panel blew off an Alaska Airlines jet in mid-flight late last week. This is SRN News. Are you or someone you love struggling with an addiction to drugs or alcohol and want to be set free from the chains of addiction? Then call Addiction Helpline America right now to get the help you need. From drug and alcohol addiction to dual diagnosis treatment, we provide a confidential helpline to help people like you get sober and live happy, substance-free lives. Treatment helped me get my life back. I was so addicted, the only person I could focus on was myself and what I needed. I hit rock bottom and lost everything. Through treatment, I was able to overcome those demons and focus on my family again. I used until I overdosed and almost died. That was the end of the road for me. After seeking treatment, I now have hope. I learned skills that help me deal with life on life's terms. 800-961-1981. 800-961-1981. 800-961-1981. That's 800-961-1981. The sun is shining, the temperatures are mild, and they stay mild today and tomorrow, but there's colder weather on the way for the weekend. 52 today, tomorrow a few clouds, a little bit of rain, just a few showers late in the day, 50 the high tomorrow. The cold front bringing us rain and wind tomorrow night. Saturday, that's when the temperatures drop. Sunny and windy and near 40 by the afternoon Saturday. I'm meteorologist Terry Smith from the Weather Channel for Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Save $120 on select sets of four Cooper tires now through January 16th only at AAA Car Care Centers. Not a member? Not a problem. Everyone can save at AAA Car Care Centers. Details at AAA.com slash mycar. Do you want to experience one of the world's biggest, boldest ships and cruise the tropics with me, Bruce Elliott? This October 27th, 2024, you can get on board and travel the best overall cruise ship, Symphony of the Seas. Join me for a WCBM Radio Week of Adventures on deck with world-class entertainment, including Broadway's favorite hairspray. Enjoy pool day bliss under the sun, gourmet dining from Italy to Wonderland, and of course, a cocktail party on board and drinks are on me. Memories will be made on the shore of Nassau, the space coast of Port Canaveral, and Royal Caribbean's private island, Coco Cay. Come join Royal Caribbean and BTS Cruise and Tour on Symphony of the Seas for seven wonderful nights and glorious days in the warm sun. Call 410-825-9887 for questions or reservations. That's 410-825-9887. All aboard! Features may vary by ship. All itineraries are subject to change without notice. Ships Registry, The Bahamas. Staples stores provide innovative products and services for small businesses, remote workers and learners, even teachers and parents. Explore more at your local Staples store. Save $120 on select sets of four Cooper tires now through July 16th, only at AAA Car Care Centers. Not a member, not a problem. Everyone can save at AAA Car Care Centers. Details at AAA.com slash my car. Sean Hannity. I don't think this is the plan that David Weiss originally had. As a matter of fact, it was not. You know, there's always been an effort here. Let us be clear. They don't really care about Hunter Biden. This came out in the last two weeks that, hmm, well, we wonder if Hunter is going to be the sacrificial lamb in all this. It's not about Hunter. It's always been and continues to be about protecting Joe Biden as president. Weekday afternoons, 3 to 6, on Talk Radio 680, WCBM. Welcome back. 
This is Europe Morgan. I am filling in for Kim Klasik. She'll be back tomorrow here on WCBM. Um, so I am just old enough to remember Saturday morning cartoons. And uh, it was like the one time of the week that my mom would let us uh, eat cereal in the living room. As long as we, uh, we had to sit on the floor. She was not going to let us on the couch. Um, but one of our favorite shows was Captain Planet. I loved Captain Planet. Um, I tried to recently show that to my kids, and they they thought I was crazy. Um, But one of the cool things about Captain Planet was that they got to do all these really cool things, but also there was the environmental aspect, which I'll be totally honest with you. As a six-year-old, I had no idea what they were talking about. But what I do remember is there was a very different tone, let's say, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago when it came to the environment. It was about reusing things. It was about recycling. It was reducing. Remember the three R's? I bring that up because Anne Arundel County, as I, we've been talking about this issue about the plastic bag ban, you know, I, I'm not necessarily one of those people who, who hates the plastic bag ban just for the heck of it. I am irritated with the plastic bag ban because, one, there is admittedly, as the councilwoman Lisa Rodby and we've been referencing and was interviewed by the Baltimore Banner, admitted that there is no evidence to show that these plastic bag bans actually help the environment. Like, what do you... <laughs> You changed the law in Anne Arundel County, in Baltimore County, in other places across the country based on a whim. Like you didn't even bother to get any evidence that this was going to be helpful. And yet you've decided to upend not only industries, not only businesses, but impact um, uh, other folks, individuals and communities. And you're actually not only not making things better, but in all likelihood making things worse. I got this great text from Timothy. Um, and by the way, you can text into the show using the WCBM app. It's free. So um, go download the WCBM app and you can text me. Um, Timothy writes in, don't forget, you are killing trees to make paper. Good to hear from you again. Good to see you, Tim. Or good to hear from you too, Timothy. Um, but you're absolutely right about that because in Anne Arundel County specifically, they're um, allowing people to use paper bags, which actually are much worse for the environment. And I'm not just telling you that because I think it's much worse. Unlike the council folks in Anne Arundel County, we do have some data to support, um, including um, a 2021 paper from the University of Pennsylvania and the Virginia Institute of Marine Science um, that the real issue is not the bags themselves, but how they are disposed of, which is why I brought Captain Planet back up. Look, a lot of what we're dealing with here, uh, we've always had environmental issues um, in our society. When I was growing up, I was convinced that the ozone layer was going to burst open and uh, we were all going to die from UV rays, right? That's what we were told. Um, And then the polar ice caps and all these other things. And that's not to say that there isn't some truth uh, to a lot of these concerns. But the issue with the plastic bags in general, it's not the plastic themselves, not the bags themselves. It is how they are disposed of. Now, if you're thinking about this logically, right, because you might be sitting here thinking, well, okay, you don't want plastic bag bans. So what is your big idea? Here's my big idea. You have to require people to clean up after themselves. Now, I'm going to sound like a kindergarten teacher here. But sometimes some of the most useful advice came in elementary school. And the reality is that we have not put enough emphasis on people cleaning up after themselves. That means if you have a plastic bag, do not throw it out of your window. Make sure it is properly disposed of. Do not 
put it in our waterways, in our trees, in our parks. But those are things that you can change. It's about changing human behavior not changing the environment of what we use. Because all these things that we're trying to replace the plastic bags with, like paper bags or reusable bags, are actually much worse for the environment. Let's take a call real fast. I want to talk with Joe in Baltimore. Joe, you're on WCBM. Go ahead. Good morning, Ripsy. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I actually agree with you uh, on this topic. I, I usually don't agree when I call it. But uh, today I do agree. Um, it was pretty irresponsible to just ban plastic bags without understanding the um, environmental impact of them. But my biggest problem, and I rarely hear people mention it, um, I did hear you mention about the use. It really boils down to the use of the bag, and you're correct. Uh, but when we go to the grocery store and we buy groceries, we buy milk, we buy whatever it is that's heavy, and we're carrying it out the store, um, cradling it in our hands I always think to myself why don't you just put handles on the paper bags like they do at Whole Foods like they do at Trader Joe's like they do at Mom's these places have handles on the bags so not only is it easier to carry it's easier to reuse if reusing the bag is the whole point then put handles on it to make it easier for me to reuse the bag so you've got a great point there, Joe, and, and thanks so much for the call and, and thanks for listening. So here's the here's the issue with the here's the issue with the plastic bags. Here's the issue with the plastic bags and how they are reused. So uh, so in um, in some grocery stores, you're correct that they do um, reuse. They do have handles on them, but. As I said, if we go back to our basic premise, the whole idea of why they decided they wanted to ban plastic bags in Baltimore County, in Interlake County, everywhere else, is because plastic is bad, they're saying. It, plastic ends up in our waterways, and plastic is bad. Okay, fine. If we want to take that premise, then then let's look at the evidence to show that paper or these reusable bags are any better for the environment than the paper bags, and the, I mean, excuse me, than the plastic bags, and they're not. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. There have been numerous studies to show. For example, there was a National Geographic study that showed that the production of plastic bags actually carries the lowest environmental toll and results in less carbon emissions, waste, and harmful byproducts than cotton or paper bag production, and they are reusable. With plastic bags, you can use them for any number of things, as, as I'm sure many of you have examples. You use them to pick up after your dog. You, put, you use them to line trash cans with, right? So not only were they used in the grocery store, but but then they are used again as a uh, to help you with waste products, and then they are eventually disposed of. It's not the plastic themselves that's the issue; it's the way that we dispose of them. And now here's I'm going to tell you something else about the paper bags as well. So while we're all patting ourselves on the back and hooray, we're not using plastic bags now; we're using paper. I guess we're not going to talk about all the trees that we're going to then use to um, make those paper bags or the fact that it requires four times as much energy as a plastic bag to produce. Then you have the chemicals, the fertilizers, all of that. Uh, in addition, there have been studies that show that a paper bag, in order for it to neutralize its environmental impact compared to plastic, this is paper versus plastic, you'd have to use that thing anywhere between 3 to 43 times just for it to neutralize its environmental impact compared to plastic. Now, here's the thing with the reusable bags, because that's the other thing, right? Um, Councilwoman Lisa Rodbian and others uh, in this Baltimore Banner article um, we're talking about the use of those cotton bags or those um, reusable bags that, that they sell you for a dollar. So we should be using those, correct? Well, hang on a second. 
There was a UK study, right, since the councilwoman says they didn't have any data. Well, let me give you some data. There was a UK study that showed that cotton bags actually have to be used 131 times before they reduce their impact on climate change to the same extent as plastic bags. So if you compare cotton bags to plastic bags, you have to use that thing 131 times before they reduce their impact on the climate change to the same extent as plastic bags. That doesn't even mean that they are better. That means that they are on par with plastic bags after you use it 131 times. Now, to have a comparable environmental footprint compared to plastic bags, you have to use it thousands of times. So please keep in mind what we're talking about. This is why I was uh, telling you about like the... um, the kids and their lemonade stand, right? And how they get to make a pure profit because they don't have to factor in things like the cost of the sugar to make their lemonade or the lemons or the solo cups that they use. They don't have to factor in any of that because you know what? They're little kids with a lemonade stand in the front yard. Well, our legislators are not little kids with a lemonade stand in the front yard. They are adults who are making changing legislation based on what? Well, they forgot to factor in things like the environmental cost, the environmental footprint, the chemicals that are used, the actual climate change impact that they are or are not having by requiring people or asking people to move from plastic bags to reusable bags. Now, here's one for you. CNN. Yes, that's CNN. They actually cited in an article regarding um, the plastic bag bans. They were actually doing some journalism and trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the effect of these plastic bag bans? CNN cited a 2018 Danish Environmental Protection Agency study that they estimated that cotton bags should be used at least, get this, 7,100 times to make it truly environmentally friendly alternative to regular plastic bags. I just want you to hear that again. Cotton bags, right? This is a CNN citing this Danish environmental protection study showing that if you want to stop using plastic bags, you want everybody to use cotton bags, you have to use that blasted thing 7,100 times to make it truly a truly environmentally friendly alternative to a regular plastic bag. Now, if you really want a virtue signal and you really you want to use a organic cotton bag, do you know how many times you have to use that thing? 20,000 times. 20,000 times. When have you ever used anything in your life? 20,000 times. So if you're walking around with an organic cotton bag and you're saying, well, look at me with my organic cotton bag. Uh, I'm much better than those peasants who use those plastic bags. Well, I hope you use that thing 20,000 times because if not, those folks walking around with the plastic bag are actually doing a better job for the environment than you are. That CNN report looked at 15 different environmental indicators. Again, this when I talk about these environmental indicators, imagine this as a little kid having to finally factor in the cost of sugar and solo cups and all the other materials to put up their plastic or to put up their lemonade stand, right? Now you actually have to do a cost-benefit analysis. What CNN did in this report is they looked at the 15 different environmental indicators, like climate change ozone depletion, air pollution, water use, and land use. And that's how they calculated the number of times that you would have to reuse these reusable products in order for them to actually make a positive environmental impact compared to plastic bags. 
That's what I'm telling you. Like, this is what's so frustrating about that. This is not uh, data that has been um, hidden from from you know public view. This is not something that the councilwoman would have had to spend really any kind of ordinate amount of time, inordinate amount of time researching this issue. She could have just done a simple Google search. Any of these legislators could have just done a simple Google search to figure out, well, all right, we want to make environmentally friendly change, right? We we all want that. We all want this planet to continue. Most of us have children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, friends, you know, a loved one somewhere who you would like the earth to continue for them. You know, I have two little kids. I would like them to live in a in in a world that exists 30 years from now, right? I don't necessarily want them going to Mars because earth has somehow become unlivable. I want us to be environmentally conscious. But what's so frustrating about these types of policies is that not only are they simply virtue signaling, but they don't actually help the environment. In many cases, they make it worse. Those non-woven polypropylene bags, it's like that thick plasticky stuff. You have to use those 11 times just to even break even with a regular plastic bag. Oh, and we didn't even get to the uh, to the germs to to the um, effect of of germs and spreading illness and things like that when it comes to these reusable bags, there was a study that was published by the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, this was back in 2021. Remember, I'm going to take you in the way back machine when we were all freaking out about COVID and you know we had to wear masks and we couldn't use public transportation and everybody had hand sanitizer everywhere, right? Because we didn't want to spread germs. Do you remember what else they told us not to bring to the grocery store with us? Don't bring your germs. Make sure you wear your mask. Oh, and leave those reusable plastic bags at home, please, because we don't want you bringing in your germs from home to the grocery store and spreading them everywhere. It's like we've all had collective amnesia. This was just a couple of years ago that they were telling us, don't bring these things into the grocery store because you're going to spread germs. According to this New England Journal of Medicine study, COVID-19 can live up to three days on polypropylene, which is the material that most reusable bags are made of. Three days it can live on these plastic bags, on the, the polypropylene bags. So, okay, let's just rewind here for a second. We know that these uh, that the paper bags are way more harmful to the environment than a plastic bag ban. The polypropylene bags are apparently also way more environmentally dangerous. Uh, Not only that, but COVID apparently can live on them for three days. So there's that cost. Um, Then there's the reality that when it comes to the organic cotton bags, I mean, you're you, you got to use that thing 20,000 times just for it to be on the same level, just to be on par with a regular plastic bag. What are we doing? (laughs) I, I thought we were trying to help the environment. It really sounds to me like you were just trying to pat yourself on the back. Well, please find something else to do, because if you actually want to make a positive impact on our environment, you're not doing it. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Nobody knew that Austin had cancer. Nobody. And... You know, how do you ever trust these people? Do they not know the severity of not having a defense secretary in the dangerous world with, that we lived in? You know, what, did, what does China think about this? Russia think about this? What does Iran think about this? You know, because you can bet that China is Putin and President Xi and the Mullahs in Iran, 
you know, they probably gleaned a lot of important information from the Biden administration by this one incident. Well, it's pretty unbelievable to me. And nobody's being held accountable. That, to me, should be a fireable offense. It's reckless. It's dangerous for the American people. It's dangerous for our national security. Frankly, even Newsweek got it right that he should resign over this. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. Talk Radio 680 WCBM. You know, personal safety for you and your family is a year-round priority. If you have not developed a plan, put Buying Burner, the less lethal pistol, at the top of your 2024 resolution list. Now, that's Burner. You spell it B-Y-R-N-A. Now, when you're looking for protection, you need a reliable tool that can send potential threats running in the opposite direction. Burner is the answer. Now, I personally own several Burner launchers. Now, they're legal in all 50 states, and Burner can ship their less lethal pistols and rifles directly to your door. As a responsible gun owner, guess what? You need to strategically rethink your approach on the use of force. We need to be smart by starting with less lethal and determining if we need to elevate our use of force to stop a particular threat. A burner is proudly American. It's manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Just go to burner, B-Y-R-N-A.com slash Hannity right now. You'll get 10% off on your purchase. Now choose burner for peace of mind and the protection of you and your family. That's B-Y-R-N-A.com slash Hannity. Turf Valley Resort is your perfect destination for conferences executive meetings and corporate retreats offering a variety of event spaces 172 hotel rooms and suites two championship golf courses full service restaurant and spa work with our experienced team of catering and event planners to meet all of your needs visit turfvalley.com or call 410-465-1500 turf valley is centrally located in the baltimore washington corridor as maryland's premier event venue Save $120 on select sets of four Cooper tires now through July 16th, only at AAA Car Care Centers. Not a member, not a problem. Everyone can save at AAA Car Care Centers. Details at AAA.com slash my car. Are you ready for talk radio unlike anything you've heard before? I'm Frank Morano. Join me for the other side of midnight for an unexpected journey through current events, the paranormal, pop culture, and more. Weekday mornings from 1 to 5, talk radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back. This is Europe C. Morgan. I am filling in for Kim Klasik. She'll be back tomorrow here on WCBM. I got this great text message from my friend Marty. Maybe the answer is to find new ways to recycle the plastic bags. There are studies that are testing plastic bags in insulation, asphalt, and other plastic products. That would be the more reasonable approach. Because as I said, the issue isn't really the plastic itself. It's how we dispose of the plastic bags. I'm old enough to remember when there was a campaign, reduce, reuse, recycle. We even had this great cartoon, Captain Planet, that was all about teaching people how to change their behavior instead of banning things like plastic bags, which are actually more environmentally, dramatically more environmentally friendly than, let's say, a cotton organic reusable bag that you have to use 20,000 times just in order for the thing to have the same environmental impact as that horrible plastic bag that we're trying to ban. Let's take a call real quick. Let's talk with Clay in Owings Mills. Clay, you're on WCBM. Go ahead. Good morning. First, let me say it's been far too long, and it's it's wonderful to hear your your voice again. Oh, thank you. We missed you. Um, but one thing, no, I haven't heard 
anybody mention that this is a windfall for the vendors. That, that's why with the county council, the city council, and so on, you never had any store or any companies in there uh, going against this bag ban because they've already built the expense of buying plastic bags into their overhead. They're not doing that for nothing. So they're already collecting that. Now they're getting five cents a bag and buying paper bags instead. That five cents is a windfall. You know, I wish it was five cents in it's ten cents in Anne Arundel County. And Clay, thank you so much for the call and thank you for the kind words yeah. there. Um, and, and you're right. So the the county council did decide. You know, there were questions about whether or not they were going to charge um, stores uh, that the county was going to charge stores for bags, and then they would then pass that cost on to the consumer. But um, in this case, I think they're actually letting the stores. Um, charge the customers outright um but you know again we could talk about that issue but i I thought the whole plan with this according to the councilwoman uh, uh, lisa rodvian in in rondo county um our county executive i thought all of this had to do with the environment we were trying to protect the environment so then explain to me why we would choose alternatives right you have a plastic bag um and then the alternative is a paper bag, which apparently you got to use 70, or what was it? Seven, I forget what the exact number is. Um, you've got to use it a lot of times, 131 times, in order to make it even on par with a plastic bag. If you have a cotton bag, you've got to use it 7,100 times, 7,100 times in order to make it as environmentally friendly as a plastic bag. And if it's an organic cotton bag, it's 20,000 times. It's insane. It's not helpful. Let's take another call real quick. Let's talk with Chris. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, I have the solution to your problem. Uh, you don't have to ban plastic bags. You can always have plastic bags given out. What you need to do is change the chemical makeup of the bag. Instead of being petroleum-based, you use sort of a, a soy-based, and you make it so they're water-soluble. And a good example of this is like a Tide pod or, you know, the little pods you put in your dishwasher. Mm-hmm. It's all very quickly. What you can do is change the chemical makeup of that so that it, it breaks down in water after maybe about an hour. And, you know, you can just have a, a bucket of water there. After you get home, you throw the bags in the bucket of water. They dissolve. You throw it out on your lawn. You don't have to reuse them. You, all you have to do is change the chemical makeup and your problem is solved. You can still have plastic bags. You can make them thicker. You just, you know, change the chemical makeup of the, the technology that's already there so that it dissolves after about an hour so you're not getting caught in the rain and having your bikes dissolve. Um, Chris, I think that's brilliant. Thank you so much for the call, and thank you for listening. Um, listen, I- Yes, this is this is one of the things that really irritates me about the whole environmental conversation is that we almost forget who we are as Americans. A few years ago, if you'll remember, in um, Baltimore County, I think there was a protest that was going on. um, And uh, Greta Thunberg, um, who was the climate activist, had called on young people to get out of school and to go protest. And I said at the time, that's great. You know, I have no problem with kids protesting. Go out there and protest. But I want you to understand that if you actually want to make a change, the solution isn't going to come from you holding up a picket sign. The solution is from you doing what Chris just did 
And that's creating an alternative, thinking through the issues, thinking through all of the issues, and then doing what we as Americans do best, making something better. All right, this is your FC Morgan on WCBM. Coming up next, we're going to go through some of President Trump's legal troubles. Does the idea of writing a will bring to mind a thriller movie about a wealthy, dysfunctional family fighting for a deceased relative's fortune? If you answered yes, you're not alone. Although these movies are entertaining, they sometimes lead to misconceptions about wills and estate planning. The biggest myth is that estate planning is only for the ultra-wealthy. The truth is, it's for everyone. Stover Legal is here to help you navigate fact from fiction. Our valuable insights and customized approach to estate planning ensures you and your loved ones are protected if something unexpected were to happen. We are here to protect your family and provide a peace of mind to your generation of planners. Learn more about how to protect your stuff and your legacy at PlanBaltimore.com or by calling 410-645-PLAN. That's PlanBaltimore.com, PlanBaltimore.com, or call us at 410-645-PLAN. WCBM Baltimore is Talk Radio 680 AM and 99.9 FM in Hartford County. Baltimore's listening. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. Authorities in New York have responded to a bomb threat at the home of the judge overseeing Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial. They found no bomb, and the trial's closing arguments are about to proceed this morning. Donald Trump is in New York for the final closing arguments. Higher rent and food prices boosted U.S. inflation in in December. Overall prices rose 0.3% from November and 3.4% from 12 months earlier. Core prices were up 3.9% from a year earlier, down slightly from November's 4% year-over-year gain. That's correspondent Jeremy House. Just days away now from the Iowa caucuses and the start of the presidential nominating process. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis faced off last night at a GOP debate in Des Moines. Also, the Republican field narrowed again with former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie suspending his campaign. He argued that his GOP rivals need to take a stronger stance against Donald Trump. When Iowa voters caucus on Monday, they will be facing record cold. Chris Hahn is at the National Weather Service. We have a high temperature of one degree on Monday, though with fresh snowpack, we're expecting those actually may be on the high side. So we may not uh, we may we may not warm above zero degrees on Monday. Four people were swept up in an avalanche at a California ski resort resort near Lake Tahoe, killing one of them. Meteorologist Wendell Homan says it was the result of a major winter storm. It's snowing heavily uh, in the Sierra, and uh, we've had wind gusts over 100 miles per hour on top of the other ridges. Alaska Airlines canceling all flights on Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes until Saturday. It's awaiting new instructions on how to inspect and fix them. More at townhall.com. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. 
And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898. And you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Good morning. It's 10.03. I'm Maggie Hunter with the latest headlines from the WCBM Maryland News Center. Brought to you by Tim Kyle Electric Heating and Cooling. Hundreds of area residents remain without power today as cleanup from Tuesday's storm continues. BGE reports most of the outages should be restored by tonight, just as another storm system threatens the state tomorrow with more heavy rains and continued flooding. In Annapolis, flood levels were recorded at 5.1 feet above average flood levels, the third worst the city has recorded. The city is requiring approval by an inspector before a business can reopen. And Hartford County received about 500 emergency calls, including nine swift water rescue calls. A man is recovering after being struck by a train yesterday morning at the Penn North Station. Officials say crews were dispatched to the station after hearing a report of a pedestrian being struck. There they discovered the man had become trapped between the train and the walkway. A look at sports and the exclusive WCBM Weather Channel forecast next. Hey, it's Bruce Elliott. Tim Kyle Electric is thrilled to announce Tim Kyle Electric is now Tim Kyle Electric Heating and Cooling. They've expanded their expertise to HVAC services. Now, for years, they have been a trusted name in the electrical industry, serving residential and commercial clients with excellence and dedication. Now, they're proud to bring their wealth of experience and exceptional service to homes that are looking for HVAC services. As the seasons change, it's more important than ever to ensure your home is equipped with reliable heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems. And with Tim Kyle Electric Heating and Cooling, they're here to cater to your needs, ensuring comfort and peace of mind for you and your family. The cold weather is here, so call Tim Kyle Electric Heating and Cooling for all your electrical and HVAC solutions. Call 410-876-9404, 410-876-9404, or at timkylecompany.com. 410-876-9404, or timkylecompany.com. Tim Kyle, Electric, Heating and Cooling. The Baltimore Blast take on the Harrisburg Heat once again, and it happens Saturday at 1 p.m. The Ravens' defensive coordinator is drawing interest from around the league. According to ESPN, the Tennessee Titans have requested to interview Mike McDonald for their head coaching job. And now here's a look at the exclusive WCBM Weather Channel forecast. Hard to believe this is January. It's sunny, mild, 52 today. Tomorrow dry most of the day, but late in the afternoon, a few showers, 50 the high tomorrow. And then Saturday, sunny and windy with temperatures falling to near 40. I'm meteorologist Terry Smith from the Weather Channel for Talk Radio 680 WCBF. Currently, it's 42 in Nottingham, 42 in Pikesville, and 42 in Phoenix. I'm Maggie Hunter, 680 WCBM News. The WCBM studios are sponsored by BetMGM. Support your teams. Go to WCBM.com or the WCBM app on your cell phone and register today. Hear about it. I consider really as my generation millennial. Talk about it. We are a weak bunch of pussies. Talk Radio 680 WCBM. King Classic Live starts now on Talk Radio 680 WCBM and 99.9 FM in Harford County. And so in your view, could a president sell pardons or sell military secrets Those are official acts, right? It's an official act to grant a pardon. It's an official act to communicate with a foreign government. 
And such a president would not be subject to criminal prosecution? Well, just when we were all getting along, um, that was um, one of the uh, judges in this case against uh Former President Trump. Um, This is your Epstein Morgan, by the way. I know I sound a little bit different than Kim Klasick, and that's because we are. She'll be back tomorrow. So I am filling in for her just today here on WCBM. Um, And like I said, I know we were all just getting along over the plastic bag ban. We were all on the same page. And now let's talk about President Trump and his legal troubles. Um, So, you know, we're going to try to keep everything straight because there are a lot of moving pieces, a lot of um, different pieces, a lot of different litigation that is going on right now in terms of President Trump. Um, Just because you and I are just kind of getting to know each other, um, let me give you a little bit of background. So I'm an attorney. Um, I graduated from the University of Maryland School of Law, and I have been practicing law ever since. Um, And so a lot of what I am seeing uh, in terms of President Trump's um, legal issues are miscommunication and not just miscommunication, but if I can just be honest with you, nobody wants to really talk about what's actually going on in the courtroom. And when that happens, um, and and listen, I don't expect people to understand completely what goes on inside of a courtroom. I had to go to law school. And trust me, I had to not only go to law school, but then practice for several years before I really caught on to what goes on in the courtroom half the time. So I think it's incredibly irresponsible for the media um, of all types to talk about some of the legal nuances as if that as if they are just blanket theory and not really explain what's going on in these situations, especially when you have somebody like President Trump, um, who is already very contentious in a lot of circles. Um, but a lot of what's going on doesn't necessarily have to do with him as much as it has to do with the process. So the clip you heard there was in regards to this immunity claim, right? We're going to talk a little bit about some of the other things as well. But in regards to the immunity claim, so we know that Trump has been sued left and right um, by just about everybody under the sun. But what's interesting, and this happens in law oftentimes, is that it's not so much the issue that you want to talk about. There are these kind of side issues that come up, and that's really the big thing, Um like, I, I'll just tell you briefly, like when I was in law school, I remember thinking we're going to talk about really cool cases like board V versus like board for uh, board of education. Like we're going to talk about the, you know, Roe versus Wade or these, you know, really um, hot topic uh, law cases that and that's not what happened. Instead, it was about things like uh, immunity or, you know, jurisdiction or things like that. But those were really some of the most pivotal cases because they involved um issues that we never really or that our founders never really explained. That's exactly what's happening in this case. So the immunity claim has honestly less to do with President Trump as much as it has to do with the office of the president in general. So here's what what's going on. The underlying federal case that is being discussed here is about, you know, it's accusing the former president of trying to overturn the 2020 election results. Okay, that's the underlying case. That's why he was brought to court. That is not what you are hearing in the courtroom currently when it comes to the immunity claim. So if you're going to try to accuse him of trying to overturn the 2020 election results, then you have to first get over this major hurdle that says, can you even sue a former president of the United States of America. That's really the question. Are presidents, Trump, Clinton, um, Obama, 
Bush, any of them, are they really completely immune from any criminal prosecution for acts that they committed when they were in office? So uh, U.S. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin um, found earlier that that former presidents do enjoy a lot of protection, but they enjoy no special conditions on their federal criminal liability. So what she was saying is, yes, a, a president can be held liable um, for acts that he committed when he was in office. That's really the big issue. Now, I know it's, it's really tempting to just look at this and say only Trump can Trump be held liable for what happened um, after the 2020 election. But that's not really the case here. What they're really trying to figure out is how liable can a president be? And that, I think, is a really important discussion for us to have, because right now it's just in the context of Donald Trump. But this same rule, whatever we come up with, is going to be the same for Donald Trump, for the, you know Joe Biden, for Bill Clinton, for any future president of the United States of America, including Democrats. I mean, what if all of a sudden Hillary Clinton... Uh, God forbid. But what if all of a sudden she got elected and she did some of the things that the hypothetical questions that the judge was asking here? Should she be criminally prosecuted? Well, if we already set a rule that says no, then tough luck. And I want us to kind of step back for a second. Right. Uh, We all we all know this to be the case. We know that that what we're really asking for is equality. Right. Everybody should be on an even playing field. But it's a little bit more difficult when you start throwing in people like Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, because everybody has their own opinion. But just step back with me for a second. I am the oldest of five. You probably have siblings or um, maybe a cousin or a friend or something like that. But you wanted equal treatment. Right. When I was a kid, like I said, I was the oldest of five. Um, and so I'll be totally honest with you. I pretty much got what I wanted because I was the oldest. But generally speaking, my mom would bring home five of the same thing, right? If, if she was bringing home crayons, um, everybody got the same box of crayons. If she was, uh, you know, whatever it was, things like that. Because what happens if, if you don't? I only have two kids and I can tell you that we have basically double of everything. Well, now my kids are starting to, you know, have their own separate personalities. So some of that is changing. But there is a period of time in which you have to have exact carbon copies of everything or your kids are going to flip out. How come so-and-so got this? How come she got more? They do crazy things like even looking at their bowl of cereal. You gave her more cereal than me. Are you kidding? That is insane. Well, it turns out that that same tendency to look over your shoulder and see what the other person got exists as adults in the criminal justice system as well. And so this issue with President Trump and whether or not he was uh, guilty of trying to overturn the 2020 election really hinges on the idea of how immune is a president of the United States. And like I said, it's it's the same thing that you would encounter at your own kitchen table if your brother or sister got poured more cereal than you did. You want it to be equal. So then what's the right result in this case. It's not really a case on the merits of the 2020 election or what the president did or didn't do, but whether or not he could actually be um, convicted or or prosecuted um, in a in a court, um, in a criminal court for these actions. So um, here's the side. Here's here's what the um, defense is saying. President Trump's legal team is saying 
Well, sort of. Okay, a president can be prosecuted, criminally prosecuted, for actions that were committed while he or she was in office only, only, this is their caveat, when they have been impeached by the House and convicted by the Senate. If those two things are checked off, then and only then can a president of the United States of America be criminally prosecuted for actions that they committed while they were in office. And that's why you're hearing all of these hypotheticals from the judges. For example, we'll go back to that one. The sale of pardons. Listen to this. Could a president order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival? Could. Could they do that? That's one of the hypotheticals that one of the judges posed to Trump's legal team. So let's say that President Hillary Clinton decided, I know, I know, it feels terrible to say it, but we're just speaking in hypotheticals here. How about President Biden? If President Biden decided, you know what, I don't like so-and-so. I'm going to order SEAL Team 6 to take this person out like a mob boss. Should he be held criminally liable for that? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Don't you? Well, according to Trump's legal team, though, they're saying that mm, he could be held criminally liable if and only if he was first impeached by the House and then convicted by the Senate. Now, think that through, right? Um, In this particular House... Sure. It's a Republican held um, House. We still have by the by the the, the skin of our teeth. We are still holding on to the majority. Um, And so under the current makeup of the House, yeah, he could probably be impeached. Right. He would be impeached. Would he be convicted by the Senate? Well, I hope so. If he ordered a hit on his political rival. Are you going to put that in the hands of Chuck Schumer? (laughs) Because I'm not. And what Trump's legal team is saying right now is that if Joe Biden ordered a hit on his political rival, then he would first have to be impeached by the House and convicted by the Senate before he could be held criminally liable in a court of law for those actions. Because remember, when the president is in office, they do enjoy a huge amount of immunity. And the reason we want that is because we want presidents to be able to make decisions without constantly looking over their shoulder that they're going to get sued when they leave office. But there are certain instances in which I think you and I can say, yeah, you ordered a hit on your political opponent. You tried to get SEAL Team 6 to kill them. Yes, you should be held liable for that. Yes, you absolutely should be prosecuted for that. Regardless of what the House or the Senate did, those are more procedural issues with how we deal with presidents when they are in office. But when it comes to criminal liability, yeah, we should probably make exceptions for that. But what the president's team is saying is no. Now, let's kind of go back for a second. If you remember, um, when the president was impeached, he was then out of office, right, when uh, the Senate convened. And so um, the Senate at the time said, look, we, we can't, we're not going to convict him. He's not even in office anymore. We can't convict the guy. And so it created the situation in which he was impeached by the House, but he was not technically convicted by the Senate. They didn't even vote on it. And so he doesn't fall within the guidelines of what Trump's legal team is saying is a requirement in order for him to be federally prosecuted. Now, that is a dangerous precedent to set. So here's more from that case on the issue of just impeachment generally. That's an official act in order to seal Team 6. He would have to be and would speedily be 
you know, uh, uh, impeached and convicted before the criminal but prosecution. But if you weren't, there would be no criminal prosecution, no criminal liability for that. Do you see how weird that sounds? If you just replace Trump's name with Biden or Hillary Clinton or who else do we not? Kamala Harris. I mean, heaven forbid Kamala Harris becomes president and she does something equally as heinous as as, you know, ordering SEAL Team 6 to take out her political opponent. Should she not be held criminally liable? According to Trump's attorney, his response is, well, they should. But because, of course, obviously the House would impeach them and obviously the Senate would convict them. But <laughs> we like we know we've dealt with Congress before, right? Like we're we're not Congress doesn't always do what is the obviously correct thing to do. Congress does oftentimes what is the politically expedient thing to do. So are are you ready to put it in the hands of Chuck Schumer and say obviously in a situation like that he would convict or he he would convict a a sen- a, a Democrat president who did something so heinous. Really? I'm not ready to put that in their hands. And so the real question becomes then, what should happen in this situation? You know, would the president or should the former president um, be prosecuted for this? And it, keep in mind, when I say prosecuted, I don't mean should he be found guilty. I mean, should he have to face uh, you know, his accusers in a court of law and have a trial and all these sorts of things and possibly be found um, not guilty? Having the opportunity there to make his case. I think so. And look, I understand that, you know, for a lot of Republicans, it's a non-starter because it's President Trump and and they're constantly going after him. Yes, I I understand that. I am not, uh, you know, I'm I'm not telling you otherwise. He is constantly in the crosshairs. Um, But I will tell you that in this situation, I think to try to set the precedent that a president of the United States of America enjoys complete and total immunity from all actions unless he is... um, impeached by the House and convicted by the Senate is not only completely dangerous, but I think wrong. I want to get your thoughts on this. You can um, call. You can give me a call at 410-922-6680. It's 410-WCBM-680. Again, this is your FC Morgan. I'm filling in for Kim Klasik. You can also... Um, text into the show using the WCBM app. It is free. You can go and download it, and then you and I can have a conversation. Um, but listen, that's not the only case, the only legal issue that President Trump is facing. There are a number of legal issues that he's facing, including some trying to keep his name off the ballot, which will, of course, end up in the Supreme Court. I'll just go ahead and tell you there, there's really no big issue for me um, uh, legal-wise. I do think that the state of Colorado was wrong in what they did. Um, Regardless of whether you're a fan of the president or not, I do believe that it should be up to the people to decide. It's not our job to save everybody from their own uh, election you know, decisions. If you want to vote for so-and-so, then by all means, vote for so-and-so. This is America. It is their job to convince people uh, one way or the other Uh, that they are the right candidate or convince other people that they are not the right candidate. But you can call into the show 410-922-6680. This is your Ipsy Morgan. And 
We'll have more coming up next. Hi, it's Bruce Elliott. You've been hearing me talk about rescue supplements for years. Well, Rescue Natural Supplements has launched a free personalized health survey that prioritizes all of your health goals. Whether you've been taking rescue products for years or don't know where to start, in just five minutes, discover tailored rescue supplements that fill the gaps in your nutritional needs. That means no more guessing on products at the store or ignoring the issues altogether. And the best part right now... You get a whopping 50% off recommended products after completing the survey. Now, to get started, go to res-q.life. Again, that's res-q.life. Or call 800-26-ALIVE. That's 800-262-5483 to get help from a knowledgeable rescue product consultant. I took the short survey, and let me tell you, I was blown away to see my results. So don't wait. Visit res-q.life and get 50% off recommended products today. Maryland Elite Firearms in Finksburg is family-owned and operated for over 30 years. You'll always receive friendly and courteous service at Maryland Elite. They stock all your favorite manufacturers and have a large selection of firearms, ammo, and accessories. Great prices at MarylandEliteFirearms.com. Shop local. Forget about Macy's, Kohl's, or Target. The real deal for merchandise is at the WCBM store. Go to WCBM.com, that's WCBM.com, and explore the wide range of goods that we have for our WCBM listeners, like mugshot tees, hoodies, duffel bags, and so much more. Explore our unique collection and get some of our swag. Get yours now and own a piece of the conversation at the WCBM store, WCBM.com. It's three hours of real news, informed opinion, traffic, and weather on the threes. And your calls. Don't miss the morning drive with Casey and Elliot. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. The courts are an interesting thing, especially when it comes to President Donald Trump. But I think it's really important to recognize that some of the issues that are being discussed there about the immunity of a president don't apply just to Donald Trump. They would apply to any future president, um, any future president. Seeing, seeing the word president and president is <laughs> it's a bit much. But we would be setting the tone for future administrations. And this is why we have to think through this very clearly. Let's take a call real fast. Let's talk with Donna in Severna Park. Donna, you're on WCBM. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I'm glad you're back on the air. Um, well, thank you. I, I have a difficulty uh, changing uh, the constitutional aspects of going after your political rival when it suits you. So the reason why everybody's throwing the wrench in whether you're a Trump supporter or not doesn't really matter. Um, you have still have to go by what the Constitution says. You don't just get to make it up as you go along because it's what we feel like doing. It's about feelings. And um, just as it is with trying to remove him from the ballot, it's not constitutional. So uh, we don't get to make that decision. And if we make that decision now, then the president of the United States cannot faithfully uphold his duties to keep America safe and prosperous. And that is, uh, you know, what is going on right now on our southern border. Should everyone who has been a victim of anybody that's here illegally be able to sue and convict, uh, you know, President Biden for a felony. And the same could go back and it can go forward. It's not that you have complete immunity. It's that you have to go through the proper process unless you change that process legally through the Congress who legislates 
You don't just get to make it up because it feels good. You know, it's. And I'm glad you brought that up, Donna, and thank you so much for the kind words and, and thanks for calling in. Um, but I'm glad that Donna brought that up because... Here's the thing. Have you ever um, started a business or, or done something new or maybe started a new job? Um, and usually you don't ever figure out the kinks until you're halfway through it. Well, that that's kind of what's going on with our Constitution um, in the sense that uh, we this has not happened before. And so I understand like a lot of people are saying, oh, like, like Donna just said, well, we can't just go changing the Constitution when we feel like it. Well, that's true. But did you know? that there actually is not in the Constitution a roadmap for what to do if a president is accused of overturning an election. There isn't. The closest that we've ever come to is Richard Nixon. So let's go back in the Wayback Machine. Remember, Richard Nixon was accused in the Watergate scandal um, of of breaking into um, the DNC and uh, planting bugs and all these sorts of things, right? Now, he did resign from office, However, that so let me just back up for a second. What does the Constitution say about whether or not a president can be criminally prosecuted um, for actions that were committed while he or she is in office? Might surprise you to know that the Constitution doesn't really say a whole lot. And that's why you have these disagreements, because it doesn't spell out. uh, It's not like there's a section in the Constitution that says, okay. If and when a, pro- uh, a president is accused of X, Y, and Z, then this is what happens. It doesn't say that. The president does have general broad immunity from certain actions that, were, that he or she does when they are in office. But when it comes to the issue of criminal prosecution, there's a lot of silence by the Constitution. And that's why you have arguments. You know, I tell people this all the time. When it comes to what goes on in a courtroom, it is not a formula where, for example, you know, you might have a mathematical formula or one plus one equals two. Duh, right? Three plus three equals six. Obviously. So what do you do? You just plug numbers into a formula and you get the outcome. Law doesn't work like that. And oftentimes our Constitution doesn't work like that either. And so you have opposing views that are looking at this document and saying, okay, well, since the Constitution doesn't really spell out what we can and cannot do in this situation, then what do we do? You have one side versus another side making arguments to a judge about what we should do. Trump's lawyers are arguing. That's why when it comes to a courtroom, they say, we argued this or we argued that. It's because there's no formula and the Constitution doesn't provide a formula. And by the way, this is a good thing because our founding fathers, if you have you ever been in a situation where you're maybe in a workplace and they have an employee hand manual that's about as thick as your, you know, a foot? Well, that would be horrible to work for, right? Because they're trying to plan out every aspect of every piece of your job, and they can't do that. Our founders recognized that as well, and so they came up with this document, the Constitution. It is very broad, and some of the language is vague, and so it is left up to the courts to interpret what they are saying. And so you have attorneys who come in, and they're like, well, I think this based on what the Constitution says. Well, I think that based on what the Federalist Papers say. And they argue this to a judge or a jury, and then we come up with law. So coming up next, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what the different sides are saying. And to Donna's point, are we actually reworking the Constitution, or is this a situation where we didn't have a roadmap to begin with, and so we're trying to figure out how much immunity a president of the United States actually um, enjoys and what that could mean for future administrations, including 
Democrat administrations. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial is back in session for closing arguments hours after authorities responded to a bomb threat at the home of the judge. No bomb was found. At a Fox News town hall last night, the former president suggested he's already made up his mind on a vice presidential running mate. The Iowa caucuses take place Monday, kick-starting the official nominating process. Iran's Navy has seized an oil tanker in the Gulf of Oman that once was at the center of a major crisis between Tehran and Washington. It's a seizure that further escalates tensions in the Middle East. Energy and housing prices pushed higher in December, pushed inflation higher in December, up 0.3%. Hunter Biden is expected to plead not guilty today in a Los Angeles hearing on federal tax charges. This is SRN News. Ah, life of a small business owner. Keeping the lights on, calling all the shots, checking all the boxes. But don't be fooled by all that income. It's still about waking up too early, interrupting your life with that thing that is your small business. And then there's workplace accidents. People are busy, they're distracted, they're tired, and they always have something new to deal with. 500-degree ovens, fresh concrete in a three-foot trench, relentless thorns in a bouquet of bougainvilleas, rusty nails, clouds of sawdust. Danger lurks around every corner. What are workers going to do? How can your employees feel like they're covered in case of an accident? Despite your best efforts, workplace accidents can happen. But there is an easy way to keep your employees covered. Talk to your agent about workers' comp coverage from Pi. Or go to piinsurance.com and get a quote. Safety first, then Pi Insurance. Individual rates, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to policy terms and conditions. Not available in all states and situations. The sun is shining. The temperatures are mild. And they stay mild today and tomorrow. But there's colder weather on the way for the weekend. 52 today. Tomorrow, a few clouds. A little bit of rain. Just a few showers late in the day. 50 the high tomorrow. The cold front bringing us rain and wind tomorrow night. Saturday, that's when the temperatures drop. Sunny and windy and near 40 by the afternoon Saturday. I'm meteorologist Terry Smith from the Weather Channel for Talk Radio 680 WCBM. The Chesapeake Bay Boat Show is back on January 19th through 21st at the Maryland State Fairgrounds. Over 30 Maryland boat dealers, 300 boats on display, over 100 exhibitors, live music and free parking. Visit the Chesapeake Bay Boat Show.com for tickets. You grew up believing liberty and freedom were privileges of being an American citizen. And you were right. But somehow that's changed. Crime has become so much a part of our society today that we don't even want to walk out of our home for fear of being a victim. That's why Free State Safety Training was created. They offer instructional courses in categories such as situational awareness, carjacking, and an active shooter situation. If you're a business owner or individual, you're concerned for your safety and employee safety. If you own a delivery service, you're concerned for your driver's safety at the hands of a potential carjacking. Free State Safety Training offers courses designed to increase your sense of awareness to danger and how to respond to it. Take your freedom back and inquire today. 
For more course information, go to freestatesafetytraining.com. FreeStateSafetyTraining.com. The Hilton Garden Inn, conveniently located in Owings Mills with easy check-in using their digital key. Just download their Hilton Honors app. Whether it's a special event or a get-together for drinks at the grill, you can be sure of a great time for all. Relax in their indoor pool and wake up to a delicious cup of coffee and made-to-order breakfast. Reach out to their sales department for your catering and event space needs. Call the Hilton Garden Inn, Owings Mills, 410-654-0030, 410 where your stay matters. The start of the new year brings possibilities, yet too often this enthusiasm is met with pain in our feet, knees, and back. Does that sound like you? Then it's time to check out the Good Feet Store. Good Feet Art Supports are FSA, HSA eligible. Come into the Good Feet Store for your free fitting and test walk. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you own a business? Do you want to attract new customers to your business? WCBM can help take your business to new heights with a comprehensive advertising campaign with our station. At WCBM, we can design a great advertising campaign utilizing radio ads, digital ads, and social media. Your account executive at WCBM is an expert in creating great campaigns that will pay for themselves. Call the business manager today for more information. 410-580-5231. The views and opinions you hear on Talk Radio 680, WCBM and WCBM.com are not necessarily those of the owners, management, employers, and advertisers of WCBM, but they should be. All right, welcome back. So President Trump is in a court or his trials are proceeding. He is obviously in a whole lot of issues um, regarding the criminal justice system. And the question that we are talking about right now, and this is your Epstein Morgan, by the way, if I don't sound like Kimberly Klasik, it's because I'm not her. She's taking um, a some well-deserved time off right now. And so I'm filling in for her. She'll be back tomorrow, though. Um, so we're talking about this issue with uh, the former President Trump. He's in court and there has been some oral argument about whether or not this is again like i said some courtroom um behind the scenes stuff uh what you have been hearing about recently in the courtroom in regards to this case isn't so much whether or not he actually tried to overturn the 2020 election it's whether or not a president of the united states of america can be prosecuted criminally for actions that he or she committed while they were in office. The two different sides, you know, as I said, we had um, one caller, Donna from Severna Park, who um, I think in many ways was correct to say we, we don't just rewrite the Constitution whenever we want to. And I completely agree with you on that. Of course, we do have procedure for how we would rewrite parts of the Constitution if we so chose to. Um, but the issue as in the issue with a lot of cases, is that the Constitution doesn't spell out what to do and exactly when you can prosecute a a president and exactly when they are immune from prosecution, especially when it comes to criminal actions. And so that's why you have these arguments. When you hear the term arguments, you know, that there were oral arguments or the the sides argued or, you know, the prosecution argued this or the defense argued that, it's because they are trying to convince the judge that because there is no hard and fast rule, then this is what the rule should be. However, keep in mind that that rule doesn't apply just to this case. It will apply to future presidents, Republican and Democrat as well. And so we've got to think through this very carefully. Um, let's take a call real quick. Let's talk with uh, Chris in Chesapeake City. Chris, you're on WCBM. Welcome. Hi, how are you doing? doing well. Go ahead. Um 
we got to think, you, got, you guys are just thinking short term or, or short distance. Yeah, I think a little bit bigger. Um, wasn't Osama bin Laden our political rival? Isn't Putin our political rival? Wouldn't Xi Jinping be our political rivals? No, I don't think um, so. I mean, when you say political rival, what do you what do you mean? I mean, because a political rival they, would be like, they, well, you, 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 well, isn't communism not something something that we're against? That that that's political stuff. It um, is political stuff, yeah. but when we're talking yeah. about lawsuits, we're yeah. talking about actions. Well, actions. Well, did we not? kill Osama bin Laden? Did we... I mean, you, you got to think of it more broad than, than just little... The, that uh, Donald Trump is my political rival or Joe Biden's my political rival. Well, he yes, has, we do have to think broadly, Chris, but we also have to... We have to ask him... Okay, the, thank you so much for the call and thank you for listening, but... but Chris is right in the sense that we do have to think broadly about this, which is why I'm saying that the rule would apply not just to Trump. It would apply to other instances as well, right, and other administrations. But I think where Chris kind of goes off the rails a little bit here is that we're not talking about uh, any acts that any president does in terms of any political rival. And we have to be very clear about the definitions and the terms that we're using. So if we're going to say the term political rival, well... Ron DeSantis and 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 uh, it could be a political rival. Um, uh, Nikki Haley, political rival, right within your own party. But that's not what we're discussing. We're discussing criminal potential criminal acts. So in this case, the president, the former president Donald Trump, was accused of four fel- fel- excuse me four felonies in this case, including things like witness tampering. Um, this is in regards to trying to overturn the 2020 election. That's what he is being accused of. And the question is not so much whether he did witness tampering or whether he did try to overturn the 2020 election. The question is, can you even prosecute a president for acts that he or she committed while they were in office? So as Donna had said previously when she called, well, we can't just rework the Constitution. I agree with you, but there is a procedure for that, just so we're clear, if we so chose to. But the Constitution is not clear on this point. And so Donald Trump's team has argued that, hey, you you have you can prosecute a president for actions that they committed, but only only according to the judgment, the impeachment judgment clause of the Constitution that basically, in their words, requires that first that person be impeached by the House and convicted by the Senate. If those two factors are met, then according to Donald Trump's team, yeah, you can you can prosecute a president. You sure can. That's his own team saying that. But their argument is that because Trump was impeached by the House, but not convicted by the Senate, never mind that at that point he was already out of office. Um, and uh, the Senate at that time said, well, we can't convict him. He's not present anymore. You can only do that when somebody is still in office. And if you kind of go backwards, you remember that there was a lot of argument about that, about whether or not they could have actually convicted him even after he left office. But the Senate, the Republican-controlled Senate at the time said, no, we're not going to do that. He's he's already home in Florida. Why would we convict him at this point? And so you have this situation where Trump's legal team is arguing that, no, you didn't check all the boxes before you tried to criminally prosecute him. Therefore, he is immune. But as I've said, the Constitution is not clear on this. Which is why you heard the judges bring up different scenarios. Well, let's say that a president ordered SEAL Team 6 to assassinate their political rival, right? Now, to the previous caller's point, how is that different from us ordering the assassination of um, of bin Laden? 
Well, bin Laden is not a political rival. He was a designated terrorist enemy of the United States of America. And we do have laws in place and procedures in place for what we can do when there is an enemy combatant. These are all legal terms, by the way. These are not terms that I'm just throwing out here. There is a legal designation for an enemy combatant, a terrorist organization, a designated designated enemy of the state. So there are legal procedures in place that say if we designate you a an enemy of the state or an enemy combatant, and there are certain things that have to be checked off before we can actually designate you, we can't just say, I don't like so-and-so. Therefore, I'm going to call him or her an enemy combatant. doesn't work that way. There are legal procedures on how you do that. Once they are designated, then there are certain things that you can do, including sending in SEAL Team 6. But that is a different story and not the same as criminally prosecuting a former president. I also do want to make this other point, by the way. Um, I saw this article. Um, there were some some issues regarding Trump's closing statement. Um, this is in a different lawsuit because we know that everyone is trying to get their hands on Donald Trump, trying to accuse him of all sorts of things. Well, that's fine. But there was another lawsuit that was brought by the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, um, regarding business fraud. Again, this is not an issue. I'm not I'm not talking to you about whether or not he did commit business fraud or whether he didn't. Um, the most recent thing and, and for what he's in court now or today is uh, closing arguments in this case. Um, for whatever reason, the AP and, and CNN and everybody's making this big deal about how um, he was not allowed to make closing arguments in his uh, defense at the end of this trial, which culminates today. Um, I just want to tell you real quick normally the defendant does not make their own closing statement. As as somebody who has um, practiced in the criminal law as well, uh, I would not let my client make the closing argument. Are you crazy? No, absolutely not. That's why you have a, that's why you have an attorney who does these things for you and understands what you can and can't do in a closing argument. So again, this is just a little bit behind the scenes stuff. Um, Apparently what happened was uh, Trump wanted to make uh, at least part of the closing argument himself. And so his attorney was going back and forth with the judge um, and the judge had some legal rules. Now, these are not the judge's rules. It wasn't like the judge was like, you you know, you can't say uh, X, Y and Z because I don't like those terms. That's not what happened in a closing argument. You can only bring up things that were discussed that were brought into evidence. So it's, it's a procedural thing. Again, like I said, it's kind of boring. I find it interesting. But, you know, generally speaking, it is kind of boring. And those rules of evidence, those rules of civil or the rules of evidence say that you cannot bring in things that you didn't bring up in evidence in your closing argument. And so the judge said, fine, if he wants to make his own closing argument, have at it. But you have to abide by these rules, these rules of evidence, right? These trial rules. Um, And uh, Trump's legal team apparently didn't like that. the judge said that Trump would be allowed to speak only about material facts that are in evidence and application of the relevant law to those facts. Any lawyer would be restrained by the exact same things. Any lawyer. OK, I'm just putting that out there. Um, and so he couldn't make arguments and not face cross-examination. That's the point of all this stuff, right? These are normal trial procedures. Uh, President Trump would not agree And so he doesn't get to make his closing argument. But I I just wanted to bring that up because I know that there's a lot about that in the paper today, especially considering that the um, closing arguments are being made. And don't fall for that one. That was just normal, normal procedure. Um, 
By the way, you can uh, text the studio uh, at the WCBM app. It's a free app. You can also give me a call at 410-WCBM-680. Um, let me see. I got this text uh, from Brian. A very famous general from the South took arms against the North and tried to establish its own government and overthrow the establishment government in a civil war. And he was not charged, much much less prosecuted by Abraham Lincoln or the Congress. Now, that was an attempted insurrection. Um, I get what you're saying, Brian, but let's remember that the reason he wasn't. Well, he couldn't have been prosecuted by Abraham Lincoln because Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. So he wasn't around to prosecute him. But... um, there is very clear evidence that Abraham Lincoln at that time um, was very clear to his own Congress and his own administration that he was not planning to prosecute um, the Southern uh, rebellionists, right, the, the Confederates, because he wanted to put the country back together. Mind you, he was the very first Republican president, and he was the one who managed to put the country back together. So there is precedent. We have done this before, Republican Party. But I just want to be clear on that point that, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. However... It's not the same thing because it's not that he didn't take that action. It's that he chose not to take the action. It's not that he couldn't have. It's that he chose not to. In this case with President Trump, it's the same kind of argument in which, well, it could they have done it, right? Lincoln chose not to. Um, the same with Gerald Ford uh, when it came to Nixon. When Nixon resigned... Uh, Gerald Ford then turned around and pardoned him. And the question now is, did he pardon him, what, because he wanted to or because he had no other option? Trump's legal team is arguing, well, it was irrelevant because, you know, Gerald Ford couldn't have then or the uh, Nixon then couldn't have been prosecuted. But that doesn't make any sense, because then why would Ford have even bothered to pardon him? Right. Did he have the option to prosecute him or did the courts have the option to prosecute him or not? And it's the same issue here with President Trump. Um, let me get to some of these other text messages. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I'll i get to some of your text messages in just a second. Um, but you can give me a call here at 410-WCBM-680 or you can text in the show using the WCBM app. It is free. So with regards to President Trump. Um, Again, this is why I've said he's got to be very, very careful in the way that he handles these things. But I would be really shocked, especially from the number of people that I've talked to. And look, I get it. I I understand um, in in many cases why um, President Trump has been so popular. And I get the fact that a lot of people have felt like they've been left behind, not just by Democrats, but the political establishment as well on both sides of the aisle. This is Republican and Democrat. I understand that. But we have to be very clear that what precedent we set, what rule we set in this case would also apply to Democrats, which is why you heard the judges in this case ask uh, Trump's attorneys, well, what would happen if, say, for example, the president of the United States of America was selling secrets, nuclear codes or, you know, other uh, American secrets to foreign nations? What if all of a sudden we caught Joe Biden giving nuclear codes to, to North Korea? Could he, when he left office, be criminally prosecuted for that? I think most of us would say not only could he be prosecuted, but he should be prosecuted. And so the last thing that I think we should be doing this is is looking at this in such a narrow um, tunnel vision that we forget the the implications that this will have in the future because 
we want to save one particular person, right? Now, again, even if the answer is yes, he could be criminally prosecuted, it doesn't mean that he is guilty. I just want us to get that, right? Just because if the courts were to decide, and I think based on the line of questioning, it seems very likely that the Court of Appeals is going to decide. This is just my prediction, but I think that they are going to decide that the president can be prosecuted, that he is not completely immune from prosecution. I think they are going to decide that. And you know what? If that's the case, then there will be a trial on the actual merits of whether or not he was guilty of um, trying to overturn the 2020 election. And I'm not going to give an opinion on that per se, but I will tell you that I think that's that's the right way to go, because it's not just what how this will affect Donald Trump, but it's how it will affect presidents in the future. And you know, I'm old enough to remember when Hillary Clinton wanted to be president and all the things that she was accused of doing and all the ways that she was accused of breaking the law and of, you know, hiding things and of, you know, just generally being terrible. Should she not have faced or have been open to facing criminal prosecution for some of those things had she ever become president? Yes, I absolutely think that that she should have been opened up to that liability, as should anyone. But again, just because they are prosecuted does not mean that they are going to be found guilty. And because it's not written in the Constitution, it's left for you and me and the courts and the lawyers and the judges to decide, well, then what's the extent of the boundaries? You can give me a call at 410-WCBM-680. This is your Ipsy Morgan, and we'll talk more coming up next. Hey, it's Sean Casey here with my good friend Vinny Steele with your home sold guaranteed realty, Maryland and Pennsylvania's real estate expert. Vinny, I know with a shortage of housing inventory, there's been a trend of investors and real estate agents making big promises to would-be sellers and then beating the seller up after the ink has dried to get the price down. Yeah, Sean, as the market shrinks, we're seeing this more and more because investors and real estate agents know that there are sellers out there that will go with the person that tells them the highest price. That's a very stressful way to sell home. We make it really simple by providing an upfront written guaranteed price. And if your home sells for less than the guaranteed price, we pay you the difference in cash. I like that. Simple without all the guesswork. Eliminate the risk and just focus on helping them get the most amount of money. That's right, Sean. An upfront written guaranteed price or we pay you the difference. To get your guaranteed price today, call or text me at 410-709-7515. That's 410-709-7515 or visit vinnystio.com. Traveling for the holidays? Well, Pure Talk has you covered because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. And here's the best part. There's no rate increase at all. Now, Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with talk and text and data plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. Now, from your cell phone, just dial pound 250, say the keyword, save now, make the switch, and do it now. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Pound 250, keyword, save now, and start saving on your wireless right now. Getting your guaranteed maximum refund with TaxLayer feels like... Discovering a refund tree has grown in your backyard. I'm the refund tree. Sawing off its branches. Hey, hey. Feeding them through a wood chipper. My branches! My beautiful branches! And dancing in its refund rain. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. 
file fearlessly. The Chesapeake Bay Boat Show is back on January 19th through the 21st at the Maryland State Fairgrounds. Over 30 Maryland boat dealers, 300 boats on display, over 100 exhibitors, live music, and free parking. Visit the ChesapeakeBayBoatShow.com for tickets. A lot can happen in an hour. We'll update you at the top of it. These are important moments, and this is news. Minutes away. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Gotten some pretty interesting text messages on this issue about whether or not a president should be open to prosecution for criminal acts, alleged criminal acts that he or she committed while in office. Um, President Trump's legal team is saying, no, well, first you have to be impeached by the House and convicted by the Senate, according to um, what the Constitution says. But again, the Constitution is actually super vague on that. There is what is called the impeachment judgment clause, um, which says, uh, I'll read you what it says, although I'm telling you, even for a lawyer, it's pretty boring stuff, but here you go. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to remove from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States, but the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. So what Trump's legal team is saying, yes, you can prosecute him only after he is removed via impeachment and conviction by the Senate. So it's really kind of a um, how many hoops are you going to make the court system jump through before they are able to hold a president liable? And the reason I keep saying a president is because this rule that we set today would not just be for Trump, but everybody, including Democrats, future Democrats who may um, be president of the United States. I got this text from Timothy. Four years ago, the FBI and DOJ admitted to have a plan to keep Trump from becoming president. That's when Russian collusion was created. This is just another attempt to keep Trump from draining the swamp. I've never believed in dark conspiracy theories until now. Heck, now I have to rethink the Kennedy assassinations. (laughs) Um, Tim, it's going to be a long day. Um, But just that's why we've got to you know kind of stay focused on what this issue is, because what I don't want to happen is... Because, you know, Timothy, these things are um, very frustrating, and I get that. And particularly when it feels like um, there is one constant target, right, then it can be very easy to just say, well, to heck with it. You know, they're only doing this because they hate him. Well, that may be the case. They may hate him, but that's not the issue in front of us. The issue in front of us is whether or not any president can be held criminally liable, can be can be prosecuted um, after they leave office. And that is an answer that I think we would all find very different if instead of Trump, we said Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or Bill Clinton or Obama or any other Democrat or any other person, any other any other president that you might want to throw in there. Um, getting a lot of your text messages here. So um, it's. Yeah. OK. Well, Brian, I will get to some of your text messages here in just a moment. But speaking of the courts, um, coming up in the next hour, we're going to change topics. Um, But speaking of the courts, something very interesting happened um, just recently in regards to the digital ad tax. So I know we're we're kind of switching topics here already, but in, you know, kind of keeping our theme of the courts, um, the digital ad tax. So you may not have been paying attention to it very much, um, but it has uh, it was passed, uh, I believe, in the last legislative session. And it was an effort to pay for that massively expensive um, blueprint, the the uh, the Kerwin bill. Right. Um, 
it's been in the courts uh, because obviously as soon as it passed, even before it passed, there were there were um, warnings that this thing was going to be unconstitutional, that um, the courts would never let it stand. There have been multiple lawsuits, um, Apple, everybody from Apple to Google to I mean, everybody in between. Because it is a form of, as they're calling it, a discriminatory tax towards um, e-commerce, right? There, uh, it was actually struck down after a judge held that it violated the Federal Internet Tax Freedom Act, the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution, and the First Amendment. Well, recently it was appealed, um, and now it looks like the courts may actually strike it down again on a First Amendment issue. So the current lawsuit is going to allow, be allowed to continue on the First Amendment argument. Why is that important? Well, it's important because the General Assembly was attempting to use that as a method to pay for Kerwin. However, if they don't have that money to pay for Kerwin, are, are we just going to get rid of it? Are we no longer on the hook for the billions and billions of dollars that Kerwin is going to cost? Unfortunately, the answer to that is no. And so coming up next, we're going to talk through some of the um, hot ticket items of this legislative session, which just started yesterday. Because as I said, if your pocketbook is already feeling light, just wait until the General Assembly gets done in 90 days. Nothing can be more frustrating than working hard your entire life, saving as much as possible, then watching your money go down right before retirement. Mike Kinnett, Ryan Herbert, and the team at ProStatus Financial can help. They're going to sit down with you personally to create a complete retirement plan, which includes the 401k x-ray, income analyzer, tax planning analysis, and estate plan review. This is up to a $2,500 value, and it's complimentary for the next five callers who have at least $500,000 saved for retirement. Congratulations, you've done a great job of saving. Now, call 866 877-1040 and let the team at ProStatus Financial help you protect, grow, and distribute your wealth in the most tax-efficient manner possible. Call ProStatus Financial today at 866-597-1040. That's 866-597-1040. Advisory services offered through ProStatus Group LLC, a registered investment advisor, insurance license in Maryland. WCBM Baltimore is Talk Radio 680 AM and 99.9 FM in Hartford County. Baltimore's listening. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial is back in session for closing arguments hours after authorities responded to a bomb threat at the home of the judge. No bomb was found. The former president is in the Manhattan courtroom at this hour. The secrecy surrounding Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's cancer surgery and hospitalization has set off a political firestorm. Military affairs analyst, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, tells the Salem Radio Network the situation should have been handled differently. I hope he gets recovers completely, but, you know, having a, a multi-day gap in someone that is so vital to the security of this country. Uh, he has failed himself and his nation. Alaska Airlines is canceling all flights on Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes until Saturday. The cancellations come as the airline waits for new instructions on how to inspect and fix the planes. 
According to Alaska Air, that could mean canceling up to 150 flights a day. Federal officials grounded Boeing MAX 9s after a panel blew off an Alaska Airlines jet in mid-flight on Friday night. Jeremy House reporting. Several developments on the road to the White House. Republican Chris Christie ended his campaign yesterday. He did not endorse any of his rivals. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis squared off in a debate less than a week before the Iowa caucuses. They trail frontrunner Donald Trump who appeared in a Fox News town hall, suggesting that he's already picked up a vice presidential running mate. Well, I can't tell you that, really. I mean, I know who it's going to be. Give us a hint. I'll give you, we'll do another show sometime. Energy and housing prices pushed inflation higher in December, and that's pushing stock prices lower on Wall Street. The Dow down nearly 200. More at townhall.com. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898 and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Good morning. It's 1103. I'm Maggie Hunter with the latest headlines from the WCBM Maryland News Center. A seven-year veteran of the Baltimore Police Force has been found guilty of misconduct while in office and theft for stealing from a business while on duty. The officer, 46-year-old Eric Payton, had been suspended without pay since he was initially charged last fall. Prosecutors say in September, Payton answered a call about a burglary at a business. While he was inspecting the business, he allegedly found an envelope with cash inside and put it in his pocket. The Carroll County School Board has voted unanimously to ban library books and educational materials that are deemed sexually explicit from public schools. In October, the board directed school staff to develop a policy that unambiguously describes, depicts, or writes about sex acts in a graphic manner. But the policy itself has been criticized for being too vague. Last night, board members countered and said the intent of the policy is clear. Sports and the exclusive WCBM Weather Channel forecast next. It's obvious. The unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. You should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. 
MyPatriotSupply.com. The Ravens' Lamar Jackson, Kyle Hamilton, and Roquan Smith have been named first-team All-Pro for the current season. Along with the All-Pro honor, Jackson is considered a favorite for the MVP award. And the Baltimore Blast head north to play the Harrisburg Heat this Saturday. And now here's a look at the exclusive WCBM Weather Channel forecast. Hard to believe this is January. It's sunny, mild, 52 today. Tomorrow dry most of the day, but late in the afternoon, a few showers, 50 the high tomorrow. And then Saturday, sunny and windy with temperatures falling to near 40. I'm meteorologist Terry Smith from the Weather Channel for Talk Radio 680 WCBM. It's 47 in downtown Baltimore, 46 in Halethorpe, and 49 in Columbia. I'm Maggie Hunter, 680 WCBM News. The WCBM studios are sponsored by BetMGM. Go to WCBM.com or the WCBM app on your cell phone and register today. Stay connected and informed. Listen to AM680 or stream us on your PC, tablet, or phone at WCBM.com. King Classic Live starts now on Talk Radio 680, WCBM, and 99.9 FM in Harford County. Well, it's that time of year again. The legislative session in Annapolis has started. Oh, God. Everybody hold on to your wallets, your hats, and everything else in between. This is Europe C. Morgan. I am filling in for Kim Klasik today. Um, you know, sometimes I'm actually impressed at some of the terrible ideas. If they, if they didn't actually get signed into law, I would find it even more impressive. But it, sometimes it takes a lot to come up with some really, really bad ideas. And I have to admit, even the legislative session, um, some of the legislators in Annapolis are quite creative. But it also makes me wonder, or makes me think sometimes, we did not have the same childhood. You ever meet some people, um, and you're like, wow, we grew up very, very differently. (laughs) Um, I feel like that sometimes, watching or listening to some of these legislators and what they come up with. So just as a little background, um, I grew up in a very, very small town in East Texas. It's actually less than 600 people. Um, and we grew up pretty poor. Um, and so a lot of times when I look at what Annapolis is doing, and particularly what they are doing to try to help people who are um, not very well off financially, I go back to my roots. And I think to myself, I think, would that have helped at the time? And almost always... Almost always, the answer is no. Please stop trying to help. You're making things even worse. So with only a day under their belts in the legislative session, there are already reports about some of their brilliant ideas and what they plan to do to make our lives easier, which in all likelihood will make our lives much harder. Um, one of them has to do with this minimum wage, right? So we know that as of January 1st, the state's minimum wage increased to $15 an hour. It had been $13.25, um, and that was, of course, an increase. The whole $15 minimum wage thing was just a losing battle. They didn't want to listen to reason. They didn't want to listen to numbers. They didn't want to listen to um, workers, to um, business owners. They just didn't want to listen. So here we are, $15 an hour. But wait, not so fast. It is not that for everyone. So here's where they are determined to make sure that everybody gets in on this bad idea. So um, according to this Baltimore Banner article, um, The folks who were left out of this plan were the tipped workers, folks like servers, 
and bartenders. Their minimum wage remains at three sixty-three. Now, hang on. Before you gasp, before you say, wait, hold on a second, that is horrible. How is it that these folks over here have a $15 minimum wage, but if you are a bartender or a server, your minimum wage is $3.63. That is horrible. But back up. This is why I say, go back to my roots. And I think back to the time before I was a lawyer, before I had a steady paycheck, um, back to my college years. See, I waited tables for a long time, almost, gosh, about six years. I waited tables all through my undergraduate career and then um, partly through law school as well. Um, I bartended as well. Um, and so I've kind of done a plethora of things. As a matter of fact, uh, when I get stressed out, if I get really stressed out, if I've got a big case coming or um, anything, I have this reoccurring dream that it is a busy like Friday night and I'm running around the restaurant and somebody asked me for ketchup and then I just leave next thing I know in my dream I'm driving down the road and I'm still thinking about that ketchup I'll wake up thinking about forgetting to get somebody ketchup because I spent so much time in my 20s getting people ketchup so trust me I've been there I know what it's like to be a server a bartender to live off of tips but I don't think that some of the people who are coming up with these brilliant ideas have ever been in those shoes. Or if they did, they couldn't have been there long because what they're proposing now makes zero sense. So as I said, the minimum wage as of January 1st increased to $15 an hour for companies that have at least 15 workers and $12.80 at smaller companies. However, because those tipped employees did not get an increase. Well, here comes Senator Cory McRae, State Senator Cory McRae from Baltimore City. Now, the interesting thing is I've spoken with Senator Cory McRae a number of times, and I've actually thought him found him to be pretty thoughtful. Um, in this, though, <laughs> Senator, <laughs> what, who, who bent your ear on this? Who told you this was a good idea? Because what he is talking about now is an effort to increase the minimum wage for tipped workers to um, apparently what the failed attempt last year was to increase it to the current federal minimum wage of $7.25. Now, why do I think that is a bad idea? Well, according to Senator Cory McRae, he is quoted in the Baltimore banner as saying, while everybody else in the state of Maryland was moving ahead, these folks tipped workers stayed the same because not only did they not get the 50% increase, but their their wages were halted and remained at the $3.63. But that's why I'm saying, I don't, have you ever waited tables before Senator McRae? Because that's not what happens, right? So back in the day when I waited tables, it was um, $2.13, which sounds horrendous, right? Here's what's going to sound even worse. I never actually got a paycheck. I used to get this pay stub that said zero dollars and zero cents non-negotiable. You know why? Because that two dollars and thirteen cents gets eaten up by taxes, and the money that you make are are the tips. Now, I could guess another job that could give pay you know a couple hundred dollars on a weekend, but I wasn't willing to go there. However. My schedule was such that I couldn't have a regular job. So trust me, when I was in college, I would have loved to get an office job. And I had friends who had office jobs. You know, they'd go to school from 
8 a.m. to 12, and then at 1, they would go to their office job, and they'd be off by 5 or 6, and then they'd be doing their homework or hanging out or doing whatever. That sounded fantastic. But my undergraduate degree was in biology, so I had classes in the morning, I had labs in the afternoon, and the only time I could go make money was in the evenings or on the weekends. And so that left very little other jobs where I could go and make money, a lot of money that I needed to pay my rent and, uh, you know, my buy food and put gas in my car and do all these sorts of things. And where am I going to find such a job? Oh, waiting tables. That's what I did. Now, what would happen, right, if the increase of 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 food, uh, you know, were, were to happen in these restaurant establishments, well, people are less likely to tip. They're going to tip less money. And then, especially if you get to a situation, and this is why I think that these folks probably haven't waited tables or they've never been in these industries before, because the majority of money, when you are waiting tables, what you're looking for is flexibility and income. But the money that you get is not from the hourly wage. That's not where it comes from. It comes from doing a good job and getting a great tip. That's how you make your money. And then, of course, there are the side benefits. Like I'm telling you, I if you want to teach somebody humility, <laughs> go go get them to wait tables because that will teach you humility in a heartbeat. But when it comes to these legislators, they're looking at these, I think, and just looking at them purely numerical, right? They're saying, oh, their increase didn't. Go- they didn't get an increase. They're still. At $3.63. And they're just looking at this purely based on numbers without looking at the impact or without looking at the situation as a whole. And they get just like the plastic bag ban in Annapolis. I'm, you're a legislator. Your job is to think through all of these obstacles, all of these effects. So the Baltimore banner quoted as well. Um, the president of One Fair Wage. It's a national organization that's dedicated to ending sub-minimum wages across the country. Okay, please find something else to do because if your whole organization is trying to end sub-minimum wages, right, just think about what that says. Sub-minimum wages, so wages that are below the minimum wage, you're trying to get rid of all of those? Are, okay, so then are you assuming that everybody who makes less than the minimum wage in jobs where they include tips are not making money? Is that what that must be what you are assuming? And trust me, like I said, I waited tables for six plus years. I know that there were lean times. I know that there were fantastic times. Did you know that one of the busiest times uh, to go out to eat and make money is New Year's Eve? Yeah, I I never had a New Year's Eve off. You know why? Because I had to make money. Because the next day after New Year's Eve is the first. Guess what's due on the first? Rent. And therefore, there I was on New Year's Eve making money. But when you look at these industries, I really wonder, who have you talked to? Or more, who have you? You clearly haven't talked to the people who are waiting tables because they would have told you. I don't make money on an hourly wage. I make money based on the number of tables that I get and the tips that I receive for doing a great job. Why are you trying to mess with this? Because if they get their way and you now have to increase the cost of having these waiters, right? uh, Let me back up for a second. One of the things I think these folks fail to understand is how the restaurant industry works in general, right? You might go to a restaurant and you're looking at the menu and you say, man, you want $40 for a steak? The owner of this restaurant must be killing it. They must be making all kinds of money. But here's the thing about the restaurant industry. The profit margin, which is, you know, of course, here is the cost of keeping, of having this restaurant. What does it take? What is the cost 
of having this restaurant building, of hiring staff, of getting food, right, of cooking the food, of making sure that all those foods are available and fresh and edible, right? Like every single thing on the menu has to be more or less available and fresh and edible and great. What is the cost of that versus what are you actually bringing in after all of those expenses, right? That's your profit margin. So I think these people fail to understand that the profit margin for a restaurant is actually pretty, pretty narrow. It's very small. So if you increase the cost of things like, for example, oh, the beef is at a steakhouse. The cost of of the beef is now going up. So guess what that means? Now your $40 steak is $42 or $43. And you think customers don't recognize that? You think they don't notice that? Again, as somebody who had six years, six plus years working in the restaurant industry, I had people who noticed things like, oh, are you doing something different to the ranch dressing? Why, yes, how on earth did you possibly notice that? Because customers notice everything. You think they're not going to notice an increase in cost? Of course they are. Now, if you increase the cost of labor, right? So your employee went from $3.63 to now $7.25. You think they're just going to magically eat that cost? Uh, no. You, the consumer, are going to get hit with that cost. So if now all of a sudden you were going in, you know, and you and your husband or you and your wife were coming in and you were, you know, going to eat out for a nice meal, spend, I don't know, 70 bucks or whatever, and now all of a sudden that cost goes up to 90 bucks, 100 bucks. You may not go out to eat. Or when you do go out to eat, you might be tempted to tip a little bit less because now all of a sudden the same meal that you were getting for a reasonable price is way more expensive. Who suffers in that instance? It's the server. It's the very person that you tried to help. And that's what's so infuriating about this. How? Like, I don't understand where these people come off. Okay, listen, let me back up. I, I get having an idea, right? You're sitting around a round table with your friends or your coworkers, you know, and, and your boss asks, okay, who's got an idea on how to do this? And everybody pitches their ideas and some of them are great ideas. Some of them are terrible ideas. You probably should have ran that past somebody before you said it out loud, but whatever you said it. And here we are. And now we're having a round table discussion and we shoot it down because that's actually a terrible idea, John. We're not going to do that, but thanks for thinking about it, right? Okay. Well, that's the normal process. That's how we get things done, right? Apparently, in the Maryland legislature, that's not how we do things. We have terrible ideas. We pass them. We wait for them to fail. And then we double down on them. That's exactly what happens. Except there are real life consequences to these terrible ideas, including for people who are trying to get by, people who are trying to make a living. And it, it shocks me that, you know, especially in an area like this, it, that is as diverse that it is, that it has so much access to different types of people and different lifestyles and different, you know, um, economic situations that we wouldn't take the time to talk to people who were in these industries and say, hey, how do you think that this will affect you? And then basing our legislative priorities on that. Uh, you can call me 410 WCBM 680. Um, I want to know your thoughts on this effort to increase the minimum wage for tipped workers to $7.25. So here's something interesting as well. Um, MIT uh, has this living wage calculator. So it's kind of cool because what they do is they lay out the hourly rate that you have to make in order to support a family. That's kind of cool, right? 
we're all data-based and stuff like that, right? We, we want some information. Well, the folks at MIT came up with this handy-dandy calculator, and they found that in Maryland, do you know what the minimum wage requirement would be for a, in a, a one adult and two children? So basically a single-parent household. you got a parent and you got two kids. How much does that parent need to make to support a household in the state of Maryland? You know what minimum wage they would need to make? $41.44. That is the minimum wage that a person would need to make in order to support a household. Now, you might have thought, might have looked at that and said, wow, I'm way behind. But again, what is a minimum wage? And this is where we fail miserably. Definitions matter, right? Definitions matter. A minimum wage is not the same thing as a livable wage. A minimum wage is a minimum. It is the floor. It's We're not going to go lower than this. It is not the same thing as a living wage. A living wage says, oh, what do I need to make in order to survive or in order to make it, right, in order to support a household? And that is what the MIT calculator is showing you. That's how much you would need to reasonably support on a single family and a single parent income in the state of Maryland. Now, I do want to back up for a second and recognize that in large part, the reason why it is so high is because we make things, I say we, (laughs) I'm being generous. I really mean the folks in Annapolis have made Maryland so blasted expensive to live here that the cost to live here has gone up dramatically. We'll talk more coming up next. Hi, it's Bruce Elliott. Joining me in studio is Dr. Melissa Seguin from Audiology Associates. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. How are hearing aids programmed? I mean, how do you go about the programming process at Audiology Associates? Yeah, everything is hooked up to our computers, and we know how much volume you need at different frequencies based on your hearing exam we did. So we have prescriptive targets and settings, and what we end up doing is putting a little microphone in your ear with the hearing aid, and then we make sure that you're getting the appropriate amount of gain or volume where you need it the most. And especially for new users, if we give you every frequency you need day one, it's like overload, right? Your brain can't handle it. It's not a fun experience because it's so much change that the brain usually is just like shutting down. It's like overkill. So we kind of go slow. We give you a little bit of what you need and then we expand out through the next several weeks. Um, And that way, it's just a, a much more gentle approach. Some patients can handle more right away and we definitely test that boundary, but some can't. And then we're able to just fine tune and make it comfortable, show you what you're hearing, and then we can show you what our goals are and our targets so we can meet them. And we always do. Within the next, like, you know, eight weeks following your initial fit, you know, not only are you reading, getting every frequency you need for optimal hearing and communication, but it's just really enjoyable. Your whole life will change in a positive light where you're able to go to restaurants and be around family and not have to think about hearing. And then you just aren't as tired at the end of the day because you're not working so hard to do something that should be easy and natural for our brains to do. So we really make it very ethical. Uh, We follow best practice all the time. And we use prescriptive hearing aids with prescriptive targets. It's called real ear measures or electroacoustic analysis of hearing aids where we're really able to measure that hearing aid in your ear to ensure you're getting what you need. Audiology Associates, when silence is not golden, call them at 410-944-3100 online, aaiaudiology.com. Hi, this is Sean Casey. If you're embarrassed to smile or aren't able to eat the foods you enjoy due to loose, broken, or missing teeth, you should call Dr. Ari Moskowitz and his team at Baltimore Periodontics right away to schedule a free 30-minute implant consultation. 
Even if you've hated going to the dentist your whole life, you'll love Dr. Ari Moskowitz and his team. They're the most talented, compassionate, and caring people you could ask for. And they use sedation techniques to make sure that you're completely relaxed and comfortable during treatment. If you want to have that beautiful smile and healthy mouth that you deserve, they are the experts. They're in network with a number of medical insurance companies for that life-changing, full-arch, teeth-express, teeth-of-the-day implant treatment, helping to save you thousands of dollars. Call Dr. Ari Moskowitz and his expert team at Baltimore Periodontics, 410-744-6088. That's 410-744-6088. And get started on the road to better health and a happier smile. It's three hours of real news, informed opinion, traffic, and weather on the threes. And your calls. Don't miss the morning drive with Casey and Elliot. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. So I got really into golf when I was in college, in large part because I was bartending on Sunday mornings. And I would have a whole like bar full of people who had gone to play golf or were on their way to play golf, and they would stop in and have lunch in between. We got to know each other very well, and they wanted all the you know tournaments on. And so, of course, I had to keep up with this. I now had to know who all the golfers were, right? But I did that because I knew that if I worked that Sunday morning, that could make my week. Just by going in and working for, let's say, six to seven hours on a Sunday, knowing who all the golfers were, being able to converse with everybody, and then go home, go study, and get on with my week, right? But it was the flexibility of that job, because as I said, the rest of my week was filled up with college, with uh, exams, with labs that I had to do for my coursework. And so the... Yes, the very, very low minimum wage job that I was working as a bartender, which only paid two thirteen an hour, was not where I was getting my money. It was the tips. So now you have this situation in Maryland where not only have we raised the general minimum wage to $15 an hour, but there is now talk because, I mean, why would the General Assembly hesitate, right? It's only been two days or now it's our second day. Why would they even hesitate to bring up more bad ideas Of course they're not. Now they're talking about maybe raising the minimum wage for those tipped workers, which makes me think they don't know how tips work. Let's take a call real quick. Let's talk with Sean in Mount Washington. Sean, you're on WCBM. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Ripsy. How you doing? Doing great. What do you think about this issue? Good show. Um, Yeah, I used I worked as a a waiter for years when I was a kid. And then uh, I didn't I think the wait back then was 210 or something. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to it because I, like you, I didn't get a paycheck. Um, and I, I mean, it's, I make fantastic money doing it. Um, <laughs> in fact, I am so old and lazy, I do it now. Um, but, uh, you know, you were, you were talking about the politicians that are trying to do what's right and blah, blah, blah. They, they could care less. I'll be honest with you. I don't think they care. They could care less. What they're trying to do is fill their coffers with as much money as possible. And they figure, well, if we raise the minimum wage, then, then that'll put more money in taxes. That'll put, you know, because most of the people who work for minimum wage are kid, are young people. And they don't, you know, they don't have families, they don't have houses, they don't have, they, some of them live at home with their parents, they don't, it's not, minimum wage is not to 
to support it, it's Wow. Right, it's so not intended to support so a family. No, you're absolutely exactly. right about that, Sean. No, you're yeah, absolutely right. And, and Sean, thank you so much for the call, and thanks for listening. But listen, Sean is absolutely right about that. We don't make enough of a distinction between a minimum wage and a living wage. Listen, most of us have probably had a conversation with our parents at one point or another about what we wanted to be when we grew up, right? At no point do I ever remember my parents making minimum wage a goal. Now, that's not to say that there weren't times in my life or times maybe in your life where minimum wage has been all that you were able to get, right? But it is supposed to and was always intended to be a temporary situation, whether you are, you know, in high school or just falling on hard times or whatever it is, but it is never and was never intended to be a permanent situation. It was always intended to be temporary. And the fact that we're putting this on people as if that should be their goal is ridiculous. Now, the other part of this conversation is not just what it will do to restaurants and what it will do to um, individuals and employees if you raise the tipped minimum wage, right, the servers and bartenders, but you also got to ask yourself, wait a second, why is it so darn expensive to live in Maryland anyways? And we're going to talk about that coming up next. SRN News. I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. Inflation ticked higher in December. The Labor Department says overall prices rose 0.3%. More than half the increase reflected higher housing costs. Electricity, gasoline, and food prices were also factors. Donald Trump was in a Manhattan courtroom this morning for closing arguments in his New York civil fraud trial. South Africa's lawyers have told judges at the U.N.'s top court that Israel is bent on committing genocide in Gaza, pleading with the court to urgently order Israel to halt its military operation. Israel has vehemently denied such arguments. A big coaching announcement in the NFL. Six-time champion Bill Belichick reportedly has agreed to part ways with the New England Patriots after a 24-year run as head coach. This is SRN News. This is Pastor Dave Ose at a Cup Hill Bible Presbyterian Church with a moment of truth. In recent years, along with the massive influx of illegals and the change in demographics that they bring, we've also seen the purging of America. Movies, TV shows, and statues have been removed from our culture, and it was done with the approval of the media. If you have a recent public school education, you may not know this, but purging is not something new. From 1936 to 38 in the Soviet Union, Joseph Stalin designated those who disagreed with the government as enemies of the people, and during during his purge, he put three million of his own citizens to death. In Nazi Germany in the late 30s, Hitler and his stormtroopers went after the Jews, destroying their homes and their businesses. They also burned their books, labeling them as tools of propaganda against the government. Rogue government officials here in America locked our churches during COVID. Now that they've set that president, what's next? Burning our Bibles in an attempt to destroy ideas that they don't like? How much longer will a free people accept this and continue to be free? This is Pastor David Lewis at today's Moment of Truth. The sun is shining, the temperatures are mild, and they stay mild today and tomorrow, but there's colder weather on the way for the weekend. 52 today, tomorrow a few clouds, a little bit of rain, just a few showers late in the day, 50 the high tomorrow. The cold front bringing us rain and wind tomorrow night. Saturday, that's when the temperatures drop. Sunny and windy and near 40 by the afternoon Saturday. I'm meteorologist Terry Smith from the Weather Channel for Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Save $120 on select sets of four Cooper tires now through January 16th only at AAA Car Care Centers. Not a member? Not a problem. Everyone can save at AAA Car Care Centers. Details at AAA.com slash my car.
We're here with Ryan Herbert of Pro Status Financial Advisors Group here in the Maryland, D.C. area and host of the Savvy Investor Radio Show and Podcast. Ryan, you get to be about 55 and a half and older, and you know you need a few things. You need a financial advisor, you need a CPA, and you need an estate planning attorney, and you have no idea where to start. What do we do? You know, I'd say join the club, really. <laughs> you know, everybody faces this problem. You've been raising your family all these years. You've been working hard at your job to support your family and make sure everyone's happy and healthy and successful. And this really started to show up when my partner, Michael Connett, who's an estate planning attorney, we were doing a lot of tax returns and we'd be seeing these opportunities and saying, hey, go talk to your financial advisor, go talk to your broker, ask him to do this for you. And then we just had this light bulb go off really that said, hey, it makes sense to bring all of this under one roof so that we're talking about estate planning. We're talking about taxes. We're talking about your investments because everything works together. So for the next five callers that are truly serious about saving money on taxes and saving money in retirement, I want to encourage you to give us a call at 866-597-1040 and sit down with Mike, myself, and a member of our team here at ProStatus, and we'll put together your very own comprehensive retirement plan that you need to have all in one place. So for the next five callers with $500,000 or more saved for retirement, congratulations. Now, as Ryan said, they're going to sit down with you personally and create your step-by-step plan for a successful retirement. Ryan and Mike want to help you protect your life savings. So call ProStatus Financial now at 866-597-1040. 866-597-1040. And at the SavvyInvestorRadio.com. Advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. 150! Looking for a thrilling sports betting experience? Look no further than BetMGM. Visit WCBM.com, that's WCBM.com, to claim a special offer and get started today. Here's the offer. Register, deposit at least $10, and place your first wager. If you lose, you're covered up to $1,500 in bonus bets. Such a deal. Don't wait. Claim this special offer now by going to WCBM.com. That's WCBM.com, WCBM.com. Can't wait weeks for your tax refund? Then don't. At Jackson Hewitt, get money today if you're approved for a no-fee refund advance loan on a prepaid. Card. Book today at jacksonhewitt.com. No fee refund advance offered to eligible clients. Application required. Loans by Republic Bank. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Staple stores provide innovative products and services for small businesses, remote workers and learners, even teachers and parents. Explore more at your local Staple store. Mark Levin, weekday evenings at 7 on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. <laughs> back to the show. This is Europe C. Morgan. I'm filling in for Kim Klasik, who will be back tomorrow. So we were just talking about the legislative session that just started yesterday. And my goodness, they're already showering us with terrible ideas, including this idea of raising the tipped minimum wage. And these are for folks who receive tips, um, bartenders, waiters, things like that. Um, as somebody who waited tables for many, many years through college and then law school as well, um, I have a personal connection to the story, and I'm just here to tell you guys, Senator Cory McRae, if you are listening, please don't. As somebody who relied on tips, please do not do this. You will not help people. You will hurt them. However, maybe, well, 
You will hurt the general population. You know who you might not hurt, though? And my good friend Liz brought this up. She sent me a text, and you can text into the show using the WCBM app. Um, she said, I think Annapolis actually does know how tips work, and they want to be able to tax under-the-table money. Just a thought. Ah, Liz, that is brilliant. Because, you know, one thing that often... Um, doesn't, you know, people maybe forget to do this uh, at the end of their workday is declare all of their cash tips, which means if they're not declared, then comptroller doesn't get to tax them, right? And we all know how much Marilyn loves to tax everybody and everything, including the rain, right? So maybe Liz is right. Maybe this isn't even so much an altruistic attempt to help people, but more of a greedy, selfish way to tax more individuals, particularly those who are the most vulnerable. That actually sounds way more reasonable than just blatantly, ignorantly not knowing how tips work. Liz, I think you're probably on to something. And that actually brings me to my next point. So we know, as I said, Maryland just, I mean, cannot help itself. The legislature, I think, just dreams up different ways to make life more expensive. So as I told you on this Baltimore Banner article, they cited this MIT calculator. MIT has this really cool living wage calculator that allows you to figure out how much, um, say, for example, the example that they used was a household with one adult and two children. So a single parent household, how much do you need a minimum wage to support such household? $41.44. That is a lot of money. Now, again, I want to be very clear whenever I say the minimum wage, I am not like the legislature using the word minimum term minimum wage to be interchangeable with living wage. Those are two separate things. However, the legislature doesn't seem to know or care about that distinction. But I bring that up because $41.44 is an awful lot of money in order to be able to support a single parent household with two children. And you got to ask yourself, why is it so expensive to live in this state? I mean, I I was born and raised in Texas. And when I first came to Maryland and um, I got a paycheck, I remember being shocked at this. Obviously, I expected the federal income tax, those those um, things to be taken from my paycheck. What I didn't expect was Maryland to take a cut as well, because you see where I grew up in the state of Texas, there is no personal income tax. The state does not tax your income. They tax property as well and those sorts of things, sure. But they don't tax your income on top of that. So I come here and I'm like, man, that's crazy. So well, what do we get for it in return? Apparently a big old deficit. So here's the crazy thing. It is, it's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy in the way that the legislature raises taxes and then raises the cost to live here and then tries to help the very people that they've just hurt by raising the cost by raising more taxes. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, there's a Taylor Swift song. It's, Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. It's you, Maryland legislature. You should listen to that Taylor Swift song. You are the problem. It's you. It's your inability to budget correctly. Now, I bring that up because one of the big things that's being discussed in Annapolis right now is the projected $761 million budget shortfall. Now, you might be scratching your head thinking, wait a second, budget shortfall? Weren't we just talking about a surplus? Isn't that the opposite of a deficit? Well, you, my friend, would be correct. The legislature somehow managed to squander $555 million surplus. Now, let me be clear about that surplus. 
a lot of that was from the pandemic aid. Um, so the federal pandemic aid, right? We know during COVID, the federal government was just, I mean, just passing out money like it was candy. I mean, they were, money was flying into the state to the point where a lot of jurisdictions across the country couldn't even spend it fast enough. Can you imagine having been given so many billions of dollars that you can't even spend it fast enough? Yeah, I don't live in that world, but um, the legislature does. So we went from having a $555 million surplus to a $761 million budget. How exactly did that happen? Now, a lot of people also, you know, a lot of us got um, the the federal COVID money as well, right? But what did you do with that money? Well, my hope is that you didn't turn around and buy something that you would then need to continue to pay for. Like, say, for example, I don't know, a car or something that would require a monthly payment after the initial check was gone. Well, the state of Maryland apparently did something very similar. According to the comptroller, Brooke Lehrman, she said that um, a lot of this deficit, the $761 million budget shortfall that we are facing, stems from a decline in sales tax collections. Now, think about that. The state is expecting you to go spend a certain amount of money. And when you spend a certain amount of money, they get to collect that 6% sales tax, right? And so they already kind of budget that in and say, okay, well, this is how much Marylanders spent last year. This is how much we're projecting them to spend. And so therefore we get to spend the money that they're going to spend and give to us, right? Except that Marylanders are apparently being a little bit more frugal. We're spending less while the government is still counting us, counting on us to spend more. So you know what that tells me? It means that we know how to budget better than the folks in Annapolis. Maybe you guys should take some lessons from us on how not to live above your means. Um, according to Maryland Matters, over the next five years, revenues, this is how much we bring in, are expected to grow at 3.5% annually. Great. Except that our expected spending growth is 5% annually over the same period. So we did not reverse that formula. It is correct. 3.5% minus 5% gives you a negative number, which is why we are seeing red. And all of a sudden, everybody in Annapolis is freaking out about how do we how do we bring in more money? What do you mean, how do you bring in more money? You overspent. <laughs> you, I mean, if you are going shopping and you get to the register and the number that you see on the register is higher than the number in your bank account, the answer is not to go get more money from anywhere. You, it's not to go pick the pockets of the person behind you. It's to put some stuff back. You don't get to spend all of that money. Look, I like shopping just as much as the next person, but if you don't got it, you don't got it. Except that we are not the Maryland legislature, you and me. Because apparently the Maryland legislature can go pick the pockets of the person next to them. And that's exactly what they're planning to do through potential tax increases. Hmm. Well, that's not going to be fun. Um, so one of the potential tax increases has to do with the Maryland Department of Environment. And I I mean, we just started off this show in the first hour at nine o'clock talking about the ridiculous ineffective plastic bag ban in Anne Arundel County. And if you weren't listening, the reason I say that is not because of some um, hatred towards the environment. No, I'm I'm actually probably more of a hippie than you think I am. You know, I've got I've had solar panels on my house for years. Um, I believe in recycling. We reuse as much as we possibly can. I even had a garden and I'm a horrendous gardener. I have to tell you that right now. But I gave it a shot. Okay. 
I do think that it's important to take care of our environment, but things like the plastic bag ban, which replace plastic bags with things that are more harmful to the environment, like those reusable polypropylene bags, not a good idea. But anyways, I digress. So the Maryland Department of Environment, they are actually required to submit a plan to meet the state's climate goals under what they passed before the 2022 Climate Solutions Now Act. And that plan that they have submitted, right? So let me back up. In 2022, they passed the Climate Solutions Now Act, and it requires the Maryland Department of Environment to submit a plan to meet the state's climate goals. State set some goals. They have to have a plan. Here is their plan. Their plan calls for an estimated $1 billion a year in new state spending, not existing state spending, not reworking state spending, right? A lot of times in my household, I'm not, I'm sure you guys probably work the same way. You get an added expense, car broke down, you know, there's some medical expense or whatever, you know, and all of a sudden, well, all right, we still, I'm still getting paid the same. You're still getting paid the same. How are we going to rework our budget? Correct. That's not, that's not what Maryland legislature does. They have in this plan, um, an estimated $1 billion a year in new spending, um, to transition to clean energy future and reduce emissions by 60% by 2031. Mind you, again, these are all goals that the state set for itself. Therefore, uh, we are just spending more without living within our means. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be doing this plan. I haven't looked through it, so I can't say exactly to the parameters of what this plan is and whether or not it's a good idea. But I can tell you, if you're asking for a billion dollars, you need to go find a billion dollars in the current massive state budget that already exists. Because the idea of turning behind to the person next to you and just picking their pockets for it is what you're doing to Maryland taxpayers. And it is having a serious detriment to people's ability to even live in this state. There's another, um, uh, another, there are a couple of other things that are involved in, in how much they're trying to spend. But when I tell you it is having a massive effect on residents in, Balt- in residents in Maryland and our ability to even live in the state, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, there's an organization called Maryland Free. It's a nonpartisan organization that looks at the business climate of the state. Um, they do what's called an annual roll call. Um, you can go look it up. It's really cool. It's Maryland Free is the website, and Roll Call is their um, publication that they do on an annual basis, where they kind of take um, the temperature of of the of Maryland's finances, right, and and the bus- the business climate. So what they found in this latest edition of Roll Call was that Maryland actually lost twenty two point five five billion dollars in annual adjusted gross income from 1992 to 2021. That's a lot of money. That's that's people leaving. How many of you who are listening, either yourself or know somebody who has moved out of the state, maybe moved to, I don't know, Florida. You know how much? $11.03 billion of Maryland's money has walked away to Florida. That's how much we have lost to the state of Florida. 3.07 billion to North Carolina. 2.65 billion to our next door neighbor, Virginia. You know why? Because people are saying it is too blasted expensive to live in this state. I got to go somewhere else. And apparently they're even fine with dealing with humidity and crocodiles. They'll go to Florida before they'll stay here. Think about what that says. Think about how bad things have to be to go willingly live with crocodiles and humidity before you'll stay in your own backyard. You know why? Because it is too 
expensive to live in the state. Not only is it too expensive, but the regulations, the taxes, the fees, the laws, all of these things make it almost impossible for moderate income families to stay here. And even if you're not moderate income, you know, how much of you want to continue to pay taxes when you could go to another state, a next door neighbor who says, no, you don't have to do that here. Well, like you can live right here. You can spend your money right here and we won't even tax you as much as they do in Maryland. Governor Moore has already announced $3.3 billion in cuts, but it's not enough because we also signed on. Okay, so he, he announced $3.3 billion, but he we've also signed on to a $30 billion spending habit that we've named Kerwin. In the first 10 years alone, it's expected to cost $30 billion. And then after that, after the first 10 years, what do we get? An additional $4 billion every year. We cannot afford to continue to spend at the rate that we have been spending, and yet it's exactly what we're trying to do. Let's take a call real quick. Let's talk with Ira in Baltimore. Ira, you're on WCBM. Go ahead. Oh, Ira, well, you can give us a call back. You can um, call in at 410-WCBM-680. That's 410-922-6680. You can also text into the show on the WCBM app. It's free. Just download it, and then you and I can start chatting about what the Maryland General Assembly needs to do in order to make life more livable for the state of Maryland, for the residents of Maryland. On top of the bad ideas, and I think this is why my friend Liz, who texted into the show earlier about trying to raise the minimum wage for people who get tips, I think she's on to something. I think it has less than trying to, um, I don't know, make life easier for people who get tips, which I think if that's the case, then they clearly have never understood how tips work. Um, But I think she's right. It seems like it's more of an effort to tax those tips, because if you raise the minimum wage, then you are able to tax what you are accounting for, right? A lot of times people who um, get tips, and I'm not saying everybody, but having been there myself, maybe all of those cash tips are not reported, which means that they are not taxed by the state government. And that is a problem when you have a state government that is addicted to spending and they can only spend, well, actually they'll continue to spend, but they can only collect the revenue that they know about. They can only tax the things that they know about. Which is why, Liz, I think you're absolutely on to something here. Now, when it comes to the rest of the legislative agenda, of course, there are issues in regards to not just the finances of the state, which a $761 million budget shortfall that we created ourselves because we spent too much money and now we're trying to figure out where we're going to get this money from. I suppose we could spend less money and then not have a shortfall, but, you know, call me crazy. But then, of course, there are the other issues regarding juvenile crime, regarding crime in general, and not just in Baltimore, but across the state in general. Yes, the number of homicides in Baltimore City dropped dramatically over the last year, but what didn't drop were car thefts or other forms of crime, particularly those around juveniles. Um, And I listened to a lot of um, Governor Westmore's uh, press conference in which he discussed his legislative priorities regarding juvenile crime. And I want to talk with you about that coming up next. Milestones are important moments in all of our lives that bring our family together or at times test their strength. What milestones are you celebrating this year? Are you a new grandparent, recently married, newly retired? 
Whatever goals you've achieved, now's the time to protect them. Stouffer Legal is here to help ensure you and your loved ones are protected if something unexpected were to happen. Our valuable estate planning insights can help protect and preserve what's most important to you. We are here to protect your family and provide a peace of mind to your generation of planners. Our experienced attorneys are dedicated to estates, wills, trusts, and medical directives. We look forward to hearing from you and learning more about your family's story. Learn more about how to protect your stuff and your legacy at PlanBaltimore.com or by calling 410-645-PLAN. That's PlanBaltimore.com. PlanBaltimore.com or call us at 410-645-PLAN. It was a well-paying job, respectable, wearing a suit and tie every day, but I drank 24-7. Drink on the way to work. Drink at work. I never could come to terms with admitting that I had an alcohol problem or a pill problem. I decided to get clean, and so I went to the Narconon program. Not only did I handle my drug addiction, I completely knew how to live life. Call Narconon today at 877-959-0098. That's 877-959-0098. Hey guys, it's Carson Thursday on the show. Percy Biden, also known as Hunter Biden's brief appearance before Congress does another face plant. And despite decades of fear-mongering, only a tiny fraction of voters believe or give a darn about climate change. Noon to 3 on WCBM. Welcome back to the show. This is your T. Morgan Fillion for Kim Klasik. And we've been talking about the uh, legislative agenda and the priorities of the Moore administration, including dealing with the $761 million budget shortfall, potentially raising the minimum wage for tipped workers, and all kinds of other bad ideas with terrible consequences. Let's take a call real quick. Let's talk with John in Harford County. John, you're on WCBM. Go ahead. Oh, John, give me a call back. Um, but one of the other things that Governor Moore um, discussed in a press conference before the, le- the start of the legislative session was his agenda in regards to juvenile crime. Listen to this. And the hallmark of what I hope to see in any juvenile justice legislation that's going to make it to my desk can be summarized in one word. Accountability. We need accountability for the kids that are repeatedly violating the law. I believe in rehabilitation, but I will not tolerate lawlessness. I have a confession to make. Um, So along with waiting tables, I I stopped waiting tables at one point when I was in law school, um, and I went to work at Barnes & Noble. Um, Now, don't hate me for this, but um, I actually loved working at Barnes & Noble because I love books. Um, And I was there when at Barnes & Noble when the um, when Governor Moore, he was in Westmore, um, his book came out, The Other Westmore. And I was stacking the books and per usual, you know, I was looking at the back and figuring out which ones I wanted to buy when I got off work. So terrible, terrible, you know, working there to make money and then turn around buying books. Well, I bought his book because it was so interesting. The premise of the idea of the book was so interesting. And I bought it and I thought, I I remember reading that book and thinking, wow, this guy is really, really interesting. And he seems to really understand what it takes. And so when he ran for governor um, and subsequently won, I have to tell you something. I have been waiting for the Westmore that was in the book to show up because the Westmore that I'm seeing is somebody totally different. Occasionally, however, 
you get a glimmer of who that person was in the book. The guy who understood accountability, the guy who understood discipline, the guy who understood the value of family and structure in a young person's life. The value, the person who understood that setting somebody straight often, oftentimes means harsh consequences to put them on a better path. And yet that guy shows up and you have this little glimmer and you're thinking, oh, there he is. There he is. Maybe he is going to turn into the Westmore from the book. And then all of a sudden you hear from somebody like Vincent Schiraldi, his secretary of juvenile services that he himself appointed. And as a matter of fact, his statement on what to do with juvenile crime seems to be almost completely opposite to what Westmore says. For example, in this same press conference, he talked about the brain development of young people. Listen to this. Instead, we need to better engage young people while holding them accountable, as the governor said, both to stop them from committing crimes and to protect them from the crimes of others. So that's part of what he had to say. And then here's more from Vincent Chiraldi. The juvenile justice system was created because research and experience tell us that young people are not just smaller versions of adults. They're not yet fully mature, their brains are still developing, and we have a real opportunity to improve their life trajectories. We must pursue two notions simultaneously, holding young people accountable for wrongdoing while helping them get back on track, all in an effort to improve public safety. That's what Thrive's all about. Their brains are developed enough. Point blank. End of story. Young people's brains are developed enough to understand the consequences and to understand right versus wrong. That's it. I'm not arguing whether a child's brain is fully developed. I'm telling you that they are developed enough for them to understand the consequences of their actions. So we're going to get into more of that at another time. Um, But the reality is that Wes Moore, if he went back to who he was in his book, I think we would be much better off. We would be dealing with crime in a much better way than what we're dealing with right now. But he can't continue to surround himself with the people who have ideas that are completely opposite to what he himself has said in the past. This has been a wonderful morning. This is your Ipsy Morgan filling in for Kim Klasik. <sighs> Life of a small business owner. Keeping the lights on. Calling all the shots. Checking all the boxes. But don't be fooled by all that income. It's still about waking up too early, interrupting your life with that thing that is your small business. And then there's workplace accidents. People are busy, they're distracted, they're tired, and they always have something new to deal with. 500-degree ovens, fresh concrete in a three-foot trench, relentless thorns in a bouquet of bougainvilleas, rusty nails, clouds of sawdust. Danger lurks around every corner. What are workers going to do? How can your employees feel like they're covered in case of an accident? Despite your best efforts, workplace accidents can happen. But there is an easy way to keep your employees covered. Talk to your agent about workers' comp coverage from Pi or go to piinsurance.com and get a quote. Safety first, then Pi Insurance. Individual rates, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to policy terms and conditions. Not available in all states and situations. 